so we're here. The last two episodes of the year, probably. Yeah, maybe. Most likely. Possibly. Yeah, we've I think we're both very tired. (laughs) Yes. Yes. A little bit later than our bedtimes uh, suggest. No, normally, yes, this is a time where I'm like, well, time to watch the McLaughlin report and get to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, I don't really know how to introduce this one, except to say that on the other side of this, you're about to hear a very long and in-depth conversation on late 80s horror, mostly from 85 to 89. And just get ready, because this is maybe in its most like uncut pure form the most tyler list i have ever seen so far <laughs> and i still have half of the list to go that i have not yeah. seen for the most part yeah yeah that other half of the list is also it's a lot of tyler bullshit in that other half too i, I feel like if this had just been only the 80s like 80 to 89 you would not have gotten half of this stuff on there no no, there's definitely like, yeah, pretty much like, I would say like two thirds of the list would probably not have made it if it was the full 80s. A good God. Um, mostly because like, I will cage this as there was a lot of overlap between me and Ben's list. We had, I think, three movies that were the same. And I don't like it when lists come down and have two of the same things on them i think it's it, i don't know bothers me i have adhd i don't know and so some of these were substitutions but i i will stand by every single movie on my list as being a stone cold classic i think you will agree unless those coincidental ones fall like in the same spot like if we both had a code number one yeah i think so yeah like we did yeah. uh, the one list where we had the same number one movie that's fair well, yeah, guys, on the other side of this, the best of the horror decade, 10 to 6, he's 85 to 89. Here we go. End of your movie. Now you want more. Now you want more. Be all your insides Welcome, everybody, to TWGTF, or as everybody knows it, from a bed in Spain to a theater in Rome. This is Two White Guys Talking Film. Best of the Horror Decade, 1985 to 1989, Part 1 edition. That's right, guys. The 80s were so big for horror, we had to break it up into two parts. Next year, you'll get 80 to 84, but for this year, it is 85 to 89, and this is 10 through 6. I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Ben. I'm Tyler. Fucking Christ, Mexico. God, it was going so well. I'm going to save most of that. I can just, I can just put in Spain. Yes, you can just, you, you can, you could just be like from a bed in Spain, like right now, and just like yes. put that, clip that in there. Oh, I think I just need the word Spain, and I'll just pop it over Mexico. You can try. <laughs> Certainly uh, do a lot of things with that. Yes, very much so. How are you? How are you, my dude? I'm I'm good. I just bought a PlayStation Four a couple weeks ago. Nice. Me and 
me and the wife have been going ham since getting married. We're <laughs> just like, let's buy everything. Um, I think we're finally kind of coming out of that uh, little That's spending period. But uh, yeah, no, it's been a good, it's been a good week, month, year for me. That's good. Anyway. That's really, really good. Well, I, I don't. How about yourself? Should... You always ask me how I'm yeah. doing, and I feel like, I feel like, I very rarely ask it back. I mean, I'm I'm fine. I mean, I'm working. Like, you know me. Like, whenever a new DVD shows up, that's the thing I get excited about. I guess today, if we're talking about it, we held the Smash Brothers tournament, and mm. despite everyone's best effort, Nick is now Nikki Two Belts and has both the Inter Smashinental title and the Mortal Kombat Heavyweight title. Man, you hate to see it. You do, but it's also like you know he's just going to come in tomorrow and shove it in people's faces, and that's really what I want. I mean, when you have something like that, you do, you do have the right to be very disrespectful. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll say this: I took third in the whole thing, and I gotta tell you, it was pretty funny watching people play N sixty four Smash Brothers today. It made me pretty happy. Who do you main when you play Smash Brothers? Oh, Samus, one hundred percent. Okay, Samus, Samus, Samus Aran, Samus Aran. Yes, Samus Aran. Got it. All right. What about you? Kirby, baby. Kirby was a huge hit today at the at the party. Like everyone who played Kirby, people would just start chanting "Brick him, brick him, brick him." Kirby in in I think one of the games is like super overpowered. I forget which one. It's he's like S tier. I guess they're S tier. And in another game, they're they're like fucking F tier. They're like one of the worst fighters. So it really depends on which game you're playing. Very true. I imagine that is a that is a huge factor in it, isn't it? I'm also a but, big a big fox boy. Fox I mean, fox. fox fox is a slippery little fuck. That's, He's a that's slippery the little guy. Yeah, I'll tell you. I, was, I like people. People hadn't realized it, but like at one point, like this is the first match out. I just someone just came running at me, and I just grabbed him with the hook shot with Samus, and then just flipped him behind me, and then just turned and fired the big ball of energy. And they're like, Jesus! I said, Yeah, I don't fuck around with Samus. I was like, I was like, you're about to all get some. But it was a round robin tournament because a couple people called out from both ones. I had to step in for block A to make sure we had enough people. And then for block B, we didn't have enough. So the four people who finished not at number one out of block A all competed in a fatal four way, which I also won. So I was both third in block A and B. So there you go. Yeah, it came down to Martin and Nick. Nick was Kirby. Martin was Captain Falcon, and I would say the thing that beat Martin was the over-reliance on Falcon kicks. Mm. That's the thing, is, is Kirby actually is a pretty good matchup against Falcon. It's true, it's true. And he had him at one point. I felt like, I think at one point, because we were playing, be- the way it worked is you played three lives for each round of the tournament. Whoever you faced, you faced three lives. And I think for theirs, we did like five lives as the finale. And like it, at one point, like Martin was ahead like 3-2. And then, like, slowly, like, Nick just worked him back. And, like, just kind of, like, caught him, like, right at the right moment. It was good, though. The championship looks good. The next one I got in mind, and, you know, maybe you and maybe you and Naomi can make your way down here for it, is the uh, Marvel vs. Capcom tag title tournament. Ooh. I suck at that game, but, uh, sure. You could, you could start practicing. Could. Do a lot of things, then. You have a PS4. I'm sure you can download it through there. Sure. 
Very good. Yeah. You're still buying I could also continue playing Session for like six hours a day. <laughs> sure. I'm sure you could. I mean, it's not like you got to spend money on movies. God knows your buddy Ben is buying it. No, I'm kidding. Those were wedding and Christmas gifts. Oh, it's Jesus. the one tonight. Jesus. If it happens, I'll be mad about. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I hate your love. No, not at all. Uh, how is the uh, second week of marriage going? Very good. Um, yeah, very good. good. Uh, I forgot it was the second week anniversary. So that's good, I think. I think you're okay. I think really the year is the first one you want to nail. Getting in the groove. Yeah, right? She also doesn't strike me as someone who cares about shit like that to the certain extent. I want to do a quick little aside to the audience. We kind of explained up front. I'm going to explain it real quick. We decided to split the 80s. We'll probably do this for the 70s, too, because it's just such a big, unwieldy decade where, like, way more horror movies came out. Um, and I like spotlighting weird genre cinema. And so that's what we're going to do here. We split it up between 85 to 89. We'll do 10 to 6 in this episode. Next episode will be 5 to 1. And we're going to go back and forth. Uh, I think starting with me in this episode and starting with Ben on the next. Maybe we'll switch off. I don't know. I forget how we do this. We the go back and change forth. Every time. We go back and forth every time, I believe. But in terms of like who goes first, I, I, I leave it up to you. If you go first, I will finish last. Or do you have such a strong one that you would like to finish last? No, because I think the one that's going to be your number one, I think, if I think if, if I think it's what it is, will be a good conversation. It's probably a movie I should watch. So... I would hope we'll so. Go, I watched we'll, all of yours. We'll go. We'll go with mine. I watched all of yours except for. The I've I've seen that movie a hundred times, so I was like, fair enough, good, fair enough. And I also did watch like I watched on speed watch. <laughs> That's an interesting movie to do that too, because I've seen it before. I've probably seen about three times. Once you know what. We'll talk. We'll talk about it when we get in there. So you want to start? We should bleep that. Uh, yeah, well, we're going to bleep all of those. Yeah, yeah, we're going to bleep all of those. Kind of really takes the wind out of some of our sails. The first movie on my list is a Indonesian mockbuster of one of the greatest American films of that decade. That is, of course, The Terminator. It was an updated to the time of 1988? Question mark horror action fantasy film directed by H. Jolly, credited under the pseudonym of Jolly Jackson. The film stars Anne Constable, Christopher J. Hart, and Claudia Angelique Maradamaker. And it is, you know, the simple story of the Queen of the South Sea, an ancient sex goddess who seduces men um, before using a serpent that resides in her vagina to devour their penises, one day gets driven back to the sea and curses the man who drives her back with one day having her granddaughter be murdered by her simple tale we've heard a million times in america in i mean i mean in indonesia it was known as revenge of the south sea queen but in america it was known as a much simpler name that we'll be calling it tonight as of course lady terminator in 100 years i'll have my revenge on your great granddaughter whoever finds the secret of the south sea queen will live in great danger of a soul Oh, yes, I will. Thank you. 
tête de nos âmes est sans fin. questions because as we do every That's year right. maybe many things as you say do change but one thing that does not change is the questions yes the and questions stay the same and uh we both we just we just smoke more weed so we forget the, we forget the questions more. it's very true it's very true it was great today at one point i bought nathan a ref shirt for the mortal combat at that tournament and he showed up today to ref this one which means nathan just keeps score for us And at one point, Nathan, today, like when the finals were going on, like Nick was making a comeback and Nathan was like, my God, the game has changed. And I was like, but the players are the same. Don't you get it? Oh, <laughs> uh, and so are the questions. The questions are also the same. And my first question to you is Lady Terminator. The title tells you everything you need to know about what it's about. Listen, if you see a movie in a poster where it says she mates, then she terminates Lady Terminator. If that isn't, if you don't buy a ticket to that, I would fundamentally view cinema in a different light. I remember just sitting there when I got the when I got the text message from you being like the first thing is or like what your movies were and I was like, well, let's see, ho hum, don't know this, don't know this, Lady Terminator, what's that? And then <laughs> I sat down and I watched Lady Terminator and guys, I'll tell you this. After you finish Lady Terminator, and I wish there was a better version of it somewhere to find, but it's online for free at a place called Internet Archive, and it's an okay version. But you feel drunk after watching Lady Terminator. Yeah, I was drunk when I watched Lady Terminator, and let me tell you. <laughs> it was a grand old time. <laughs> it, it was. I saw this because my, uh, I guess I shouldn't say it. My local video store does free screenings of movies. They just can't advertise them outside because they're free screenings. And technically they can profit off of them because they sell stuff in, in the store. So they don't advertise. You have to like go into the store to see them. And they did one for this movie. And this was me and like 10 other people, or 20 other people, however many could fit. And so it's like small room. And it really disorients you. Because it feels like a real movie, but also doesn't feel like a real movie at the same time. Like, it feels very, like, super cinematic and super, like, man, this feels like a Hollywood action movie. Or, like, one of those, like, Philippine action movie, like, B-movie ripoffs. But it just, like, there's just, like, certain beats. And because it's, like, based off, like, Indonesian folklore, it just, it, it, you just, there's just things that feel wrong. <laughs> it's just, like, it. It feels at times like you're going 80 on an open highway and then just like randomly you have like this the worst speed bump you've ever experienced. This is far and away one of the funniest ideas to combine like what appears to be a am I guessing this correctly a true myth? I believe it is based off a of real Indonesian folklore or at least That is what like IMDb says, and like some of the other things. I think I think maybe one thing says that, and that's been parodied parodied a, a bunch around the internet. But from what I understand, and from what limited resources there is about this, yes, it is sort of based off of an Indonesian folklore. I mean, just the fact that this movie then partway through becomes, hey, like, but what if Terminator? Like, <laughs> and like you see a lady Terminator, and you're like, oh, okay, so they're like kind of gonna do like a Terminator thing. They legitimately rip off multiple scenes from the Terminator. 
they, no, they don't rip off multiple <laughs> scenes. They rip off Terminator. Like yeah, this yeah. movie goes full Terminator. Like she shows up, she literally kills two punk kids. Like I think it's four in the original, but they probably just couldn't afford like four kids who looked like punks. They could afford two. She then goes and stalks down like someone who's like the woman like her. She then goes to the nightclub and tries to kill him. Thank God there's like a bunch of super cops there to protect her. It's wild too how there's no Reese. Like it's just like the cops get involved and like fuck this noise. What you think is going to happen is you think that like <laughs> you assume that there's going to be like there's, there's these police officers. There's this like white American police officer who's like on the island for some reason. His wife has died or they divorced or it's never explained and you assume that these police officers are going to have like this like consequential like we're gonna they're gonna like investigate and like figure out who it is and instead she just sort of shows up (laughs) she she, like they like find the girl who she's like attacking and then she just like attacks the police and they're just like I guess there's this fucking thing happening. It moves with such an blistering space that you feel like it is just like hopping over scenes where it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. you know what's happening. You've seen the Terminator. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of its greatest asset in some ways is the fact that it is like, look, you've seen the Terminator. Like, you know that this bitch isn't going to stop until like or until like she's satisfied and she got like this chick because she swore revenge like all those years ago. She's like, look, I'm going to get I like that. I like too that like the guy who. Who traps her is like, is like some white guy as well. I think that's very funny. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's certainly like a very eighties B movie thing. I think they were trying. They were maybe like attempting or like were produced by an American distributor or like were attempting to get into the American market because it's in English and the the main dude is a white guy and i don't know if you've ever seen those like those like 70s and 80s like really low budget movies that were shot in like the philippines like that roger corman would do um that were like extremely dodgy and they were like napalm shit and blow shit up and it was like because the philippines there's like no regulation in the film industry you could just kind of do whatever you want and it was super cheap this movie has a lot of those similar strands where you're just like there's a random white guy who's never explained why he's here. He just speaks the language and just like apparently just like knows everybody and works for the police and used to be like an ex-military person. And you're just like, okay, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I'm gonna believe that. I'm also gonna believe the fact that this is like an unkillable robot lady. <laughs> it's kind of great. Like it's it gives you everything you need to accept without like I don't know overplaying its hand at any point. Even though she isn't, she isn't a robot. No, that's the funny part, too. No, she's just an (laughs) unkid. But the thing that makes her the Terminator is she's like a goddess, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she sees in red. That's the other thing. She has the infrared vision. That is true. She does have the infrared vision. That's very funny. I forgot about that. And they put a little little chip in the O of Terminator. Even though she's not a robot, there's no chips. But they just had a cool logo. They did. And they had to do something with it. I wanted to do something. I mean, it makes sense. It's called Lady Terminator. Honestly, I don't hate it really for that regard. But my next question to you is: uh, nobody who's nobody's really in it, are they? This is just kind of a cast I of think, unknowns. To all. Yeah, I, I went over the three people that are known and are hyperlinked on IMDb, and everybody else is 
you know, Indonesian actors with a bunch of Indonesian film credits, which is not to dismiss them. No. No, not at all. I had heard about it for a long time, though. It was a movie that I really wanted to see. It only exists on a Mondo Macabro DVD from 2004. Um, oh, and it needs It needs a better quality rip. The free rip that's on the Internet Archive is from the DVD. So It's as good as it's going to get, I guess. So far, yeah. Until someone does a 4K scan. The, the credits are nine minutes long, it feels like. They take forever. It's so I'll funny, s- though, because I feel movie, like it's intentional. The movie... Yeah, no, of course. The movie clocks in at, like, like 85 minutes. <laughs> it is. It <laughs> like really, it, really does. They barely got over that finish line. What is your favorite scene? I really love their the weird cyberpunk bar shootout that they that they rip off from the first Terminator. Like, that's my favorite like, scene They of really Terminator. do, don't they? And so for just to see this, like... <laughs> I'm not going to say half-hearted, but they just kind of, like, I think they, like, duck into a bar really quick, and it just <laughs> kind of recreate the scene. It's, like, they do all of it in in more or less the same way. It's just, it's so, it's so mean. It's so random. It is very random, isn't it? Do you have a favorite scare as well? Like, in The Terminator, this is my favorite scare. It's the eye thing, where in The Terminator, That's he digs out his eye and you see like the, the red electronic eye but in this movie she does it and i think she puts it back together or something she puts it back in and it reheals which implies the power of godhood it feels like it's cool that's but the I, worst like, part about this is is like if this had just been a movie where like she was like i'm an unkillable goddess and i'm back to take out this one person because of revenge that movie would work because like you have that ability but it's like they called it lady terminator it's like honestly too it's not even a bad title it like it would be a great title if terminator just didn't exist i love that it's a mockbuster of terminator though it's so it is kind of integral to its storytelling is is like you already know the beats <laughs> so you're like like you already have seen this movie it's fine you know it's gonna happen yeah but i mean like i think it still is even almost inventive enough on its own I think so too. I think it, I think the movie has a lot of fun with the idea. I like what they do with it. Why should this be on your list? I think more mockbusters and more genre cinema should be in the conversation. You know what I mean? I would like canonical horror movies. I think Lady Terminator should one hundred percent be in the conversation. Interesting. I mean, it's very inventive, and it's you can tell it's made by someone who has a vision as well. Definitely, some sort of vision. Yes. Not sure what that vision is, but it's there. What would you pair this with? Uh, Terminator. <laughs> well, Come on. Easy, easy enough. Easy enough. And and Tyler, finally, the new question, Dad. What would you pick from the list of of best of the horror decade past from best of the 90s part one? So 10 to 6. Mm, I would probably pair it with tales from the crypt presents demon knight not it's not bad i it's i think that's the really the only movie that's as fun and like kind of lighthearted. i i kind of agree with you though i don't think you can fault i don't think you can fault yourself there for that yeah i think that's everything um anything else you want to say about it before we move on i'll give you a, give you a couple seconds 800 stars that movie <laughs> i 
kind of wanted a movie for everything on my list, and so I definitely wanted a movie that felt that you could throw on with your friends after having some beers and just have a fucking blast. And that some of these movies are that, and that one is the most. Oh, to be sure. To be sure. I guess we should move on to mine. And at my number 10, the best thing I can say about this movie when I look at it is with a tagline like that, it has to be the stuff. Or is it a subtle commentary on culture that may be more relevant today than it may have been even back then? Might be the definitive horror work from Mr. Larry Cohen, with a cast to rival includes second collaboration with Cohen and Moriarty. This is, of course, the movie starring Michael Moriarty, Paul Sorvino, Danny Aiello, and Garrett Morris. This is the stuff. Will you go up and tell your brother to get on down here? Oh, come on. My cereal's going to get soggy. I'll get him when I'm done. Do as I tell you and do it now. All right. Maybe his alarm didn't go off. Yeah, well, he was up running around in the middle of the night. No wonder he's exhausted. You tell him he's not missing school today. I don't care what his excuse is. Hi. There he is. Well, what do you want for breakfast? Nothing. I'll scramble with you over easy. Well, uh, my stomach doesn't really feel too good. Yeah, well, it sure felt good at 4 o'clock this morning. Listen, young man, you've missed three days of school already. I don't want you missing any more, you understand? I don't know what your plans are today, but you're not about to miss any more days. Let me have someone I'll finish with my cereal. Sure. Good for you. No! Don't eat that! There's nothing wrong with it. I had some last night. I'm telling you, it isn't good. It's... Spoiled. Doesn't taste spoiled to me. Here, you taste it and tell me if you think it's spoiled. I don't want any. No. It moves around all by itself. It moves. I saw it moving in the refrigerator. <laughs> hey, freak, what do you want anyway? Jason, you come back here. No, I hope these stains come out. What the hell's the matter with that boy, anyway? Look at that, not a spot. Low in calories, good tasting, and it doesn't even spot. And he doesn't like it. Are you eating it, or is it eating you? So the first thing I wanted to say is, I for sure thought this was going to be higher on your list. This is a perfect number 10, in my opinion. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, like, don't get me wrong, This does not that does not diminish it. It's on the list to be sure it beat out countless other movies of the 80s from the second half of the decade. But this is like a perfect number 10. Yeah, all right. I, I want to see how the rest of your list shakes out. Uh, you got some questions for me? I do. I do. I do. When's the first time you saw I'm going to go out of order. When was Fair the enough. first time you saw this? The first time I saw this is when we were doing our, our run up to interviewing Steve Mitchell about King Co and his documentary on Larry Cohen. That's the first time I watched this. And I remember just like. I saw every Larry Cohen movie probably within the span of like a week, which I mean, if you're if you're talking about Larry Cohen movies, that's probably like 15, I think. Right. I mean, directed by only. Let's see. 
I would say I probably watched 15 of his 18 movies in like the span of a week. So, but I remember the stuff just like coming out of nowhere and being like, this is fucking incredible. Like, has anyone else seen this movie? Like just the subtle commentary on like consumerism. I, I mean, yes, I think, I feel like that's, that's the way I felt about like every single Larry Cohen movie um, that I'd seen. Cause I'd seen, I think I was a Cohen guy before you were, right? You were. I didn't know much about him. Yeah, I think I picked... I might have picked a movie for it, or I was just, like, talking offhandly, like, you should watch Q, or God Told Me To, or something. This guy, Larry Cohen, he's really good. So, yeah, I had seen this stuff, like, forever ago, and I, of course, watched it again for the interview. But, yeah, I, I've been, you know, it's been so long since I've seen it, I just, you know, ask you, like, what, what's, what is it about? Well, let me tell you, Tyler... There is these two guys who are walking around at one point and they find this thing coming out of the ground. And one of them decides, which I don't know why in a horror movie you do this, put it in his mouth and try it. And it turns out to be delicious. And they start selling it almost as like a yogurt product called The Stuff. And a bunch of other people hire a man named David to go out and find this stuff. And his he's played by Michael Moriarty. And. He's just got the greatest scumbaggy southern accent, like maybe of all time. Moriarty. What's so strange is I saw Moriarty in a movie that came out a year after the stuff last night. Went to a triple feature. The leadoff movie was a movie he starred in called Troll, where he plays this like sweetheart kind of oaf of a of a father who's yeah I'm, I'm like he's not like an oaf but he's like a sweetheart you know he's like a writer he's a little distant um ex-hippie uh type vibe and um it, it's so strange to see him in that role because i'm so used <laughs> to like villainous moriarty <laughs> or like tough guy on the street like q and the winged serpent moriarty and then like sweet kind-hearted soft-spoken moriarty it's really strange well michael moriarty had to walk so steve buscemi could run all i'm gonna yes. say yes yeah. uh, he looks like it's so weird he's, he looks like conventionally attractive for the time period mm-hmm. i don't know there's just something about him where you're just like you're evil <laughs> he's got a good shit heel face He's got a good shithole face. Michael Moriarty is the star of this movie. There's a bunch of other people in it, including a very baffling performance by Paul Servino, which I'm I'm not going to spend a lot of time on because I like you know, Paul Servino. Danny Aiello also gives a pretty interesting performance in the movie. Um, but Danny Aiello doesn't do anything to offend. No, I, but Danny Aiello gives it interesting because it's 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 noteworthy. You're like, oh, it's Danny Aiello, but it's it's you know fine. <laughs> well, Everybody I believe. I believe Danny Aiello is credited as guest starring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is bizarre for a movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess um, instead of like an and or with credit, well, exactly. I think it's because it it wasn't a union job. Oh, as with with a lot of Larry Cohen movies, makes sense. Cohen's an interesting guy. He really, really is. His movies are Very fascinating. Like, there's there's a real chance that something from like the late the early eighties might be on my list next year. I, you know, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Someone did buy you that Perfect Strangers box set. Blu-ray. That that wasn't the one I was thinking of, but I still have to watch that, so you never know. <laughs> it, could, it could be that one. 
Um, what's your favorite scene in this stuff? I mean, honestly, like, I kind of love the fact, like, that this little boy and Moriarty team up out of nowhere. Like, it's almost like he happened to be driving by his house and grabbed him when they were all chasing him. But I think my favorite scene, just because of the special effects that they use, are so gross. And she saw this and she was like, this is horrible, is where Chocolate Charlie comes back and he's like walks into the conference room with like the woman and she says something along the lines of like gets through with them and, and comes back out it sort of vacates the premises when it's through how oh i'm i'm sorry i mean what am i asking you for how would you know oh i know when like he just starts to like shake that seems legitimately terrifying <laughs> that's pretty good stuff is that going to be the same as your favorite scare? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because um, I want to highlight another scare. That Go I right ahead. My favorite scene in scare. And that is the radio DJ, I think, who, who's like, <laughs> like, the who grows, his, like, his mouth, like, grows and, like, kind of turns into a, a huge maw. Um, and it is terrifying. That is one of the scariest. Uh, yeah striking visuals i've ever seen the, the dog movie. does it the dog does it too at one point and that's also really unnerving very unnerving very very strange and i want you to, to explain to me why this is a perfect number 10 it's a perfect number 10 because like it's a b movie to be sure and that's kind of what cohen was the king of was making like smarter b movies but like at the same time too it's just so on point with what it wants to do this honestly feels like the moment where everything really worked on every level for Larry Cohen. Even the stuff that seems kind of like dated by today still kind of plays. Like, cause it's almost like parody. It's almost parody to a certain extent. I mean, yeah, in many ways it really does. After you watch the movie, the jingle for the stuff just gets stuck in your head for it like does. weeks. For weeks and weeks and weeks. You kind of just get used to everything. I don't know. Well, the fa the fact that it was also the like the fact that also like at the end of it, the worst people in it are still the people selling it, and like they come up with a new version called the taste. Yeah, no. And like it it's up. like only ten percent of the stuff in it, so it'll just keep people hooked. You're like, oh, you people are evil. It's it, that's exactly how <laughs> that's exactly how that would happen to you. you know oh yeah. Like, Hon that, honestly, honestly, Jordan Peele remake the stuff. Uh, yeah, no, nah, Jordan Peele make uh, your other movies first, and you know maybe have some, you know, something like that. I don't know. I would love a remake of the stuff. Um, right. <clears throat> You know, I have more questions. What would you pair it with? Probably the blob. Mm. Mm. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Which blob? Probably the the first one, the Steve McQueen one. The 50s one. Nice. And what movie from... Is it going to be from part one or part two? Part two for me. Part two for you. Which which uh, movie from part two... I think I, I think I can tell you. I think I know which one. 
um, from part two. It's going to be paired with from looking at the list. Um, but which movie from part two are you going to pair with this stuff? I mean, I've got to pair it with 1995's Body Melt. I mean, thank God that movie took extra long to get to me, so you had to push it to the five spot. But your number five is Body Melt from the two from the ninety from the nineties, and it's going there. Body Melt's a good movie. Body Melt is a fun movie. That's a movie that I plan on revisiting at least once in the next year. (laughs) I'm glad I gave you that DVD then. Yeah. I got no issues with Body Melt. What's next for you? My number nine was filmed in a giant church in Budapest known as the Mathis Church. With additional footage filmed in the studio sets in Rome and in downtown Hamburg, Germany. It's technically supposed to be the third film in the series of the, in the, the it was supposed to be well, it was originally conceived as the third installment in the demoni series following demons one from 1985 and demons two from 1986 however directing duties were passed on from the director of those films Lumberto Bava to director of this film Michael Silvavi if it wasn't this film, it would actually be another film from his filmography that came out earlier called Stage Fright that would have made it onto this list because that movie fucking whips. If you haven't seen Stage Fright, you should. But instead, we're here to talk about the 1989 movie that he directed. Supernatural horror film produced by Dario Argento with oh boy, Mario Cicigori, Vincent... Oh, wait, those are producers. <laughs> Fuck them. It stars... Hugh Quirshi, Thomas Arena, Babas Kispisiti, Asia Argento, and Fyodor Chaplin Jr. It's, of course, in Italian, Mechisa, in English, it's known as The Church. Over here! This way! Hurry! She's one of them in league with Satan. She's one of many who serve their master. They have brought the contagion. They bear the cross on the soles of their feet. They tread on all that is holy. Was it not written in the prophecy? Were we not warned that they would come and spread like locusts? Oh, baby. Oh, for two. And 
Don't worry. I have a feeling we're going to, everybody's going to be over everything in this. You know, I'm not even sure. I keep forgetting to look at my list to see where you're at. But. I have not gotten a single one yet. What the fuck is wrong with you? Seriously. What do you mean? What you don't like? You know exactly what I mean. You know exactly what I mean. This is just, ugh. I don't know. This is just like, it's so pure. I hate it. Like I, this, I, I really hated this movie. Like, and like, I don't mean hated it as in the sense that like, I didn't like it. I just, I was so turned off by this movie. Like, I don't think Argento should like, I don't know. Like, don't put your name on shit. Let other people put their names on it for themselves. Like, I know you wrote it, but like, fuck, you are such a stronger writer director than you are just a writer. There's something about him being able to make his dialogue not sound like bullshit that other people cannot do. I will say the roughest aspect of this movie is probably the dialogue. And I know that for a lot of people, that is a hurdle. I know it's a lot of a hurdle for a lot of people when it comes to Giallo and like, but like some foreign horror, horror movies from this time period where it's just like when they dub it, it just sounds so weird. <laughs> it just doesn't, it, does? it sounds inhuman. And I think, I think a byproduct of watching a lot of Giallo is you just kind of get used to it and kind of just shrug your shoulders and go, yeah, all right, sure. I, I guess <laughs> for me, it's just, it just threw me off so badly. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I had to watch it twice when I first watched it. So I'll answer that question right now. I first watched it. For the research, I was like, I, the church is one I hear a lot about. Um, I love this guy's, you know, stage fright. The movie I brought up is a movie I really love. This is really evocative and weird slasher movie, which I probably should have picked instead of the church, but here we are. Indeed, here we are. The first time I watched it, I was far too high, and I just like could not figure out what was going on because the plot is very densely plotted even though like nothing really happens you know (laughs) like the movie has a ton of plot but like none of it really matters it's like it's it's like basically like eh, there's like demons and i don't know god might be real who can never really be sure i like the setup i just i think one of the biggest problems is and it's funny too because one of the weak things about this movie is actually one of the strengths of your other movies, which also involves Argento, is the fact that I just don't think at any point there's a character I care to root for. Yes, because I know which I think I know which movie you're talking about. And there's a movie that you have on your list that I feel very similar, where I'm like, I don't like a single person in this movie. Um, interesting. I'm not very curious to know what yeah, that is. Interesting. Interesting to, to hear. Well, there's two actually. <laughs> well, well, no, no. There's one. There's one. There's one for sure. I can um, get on board with one. Two, two is interesting. There's there's one that is that is interesting. And th- this, I don't know. This movie. So apparently, Lombata and Argento wanted to to do a follow up to the Demons Two, but there was some conflict between Bava. Bava kind of wanted it to go to another person eventually it kind of fell apart and they restarted the the whole screenplay from the beginning and they brought in Savali, who is ties to the original demons and he had just completed stage fright and they're just like so what did you want to do what like what do you want to do and he's like i kind of i kind of want it to be less because the demons movies if you've never seen them 
very gag heavy very like this person does this and then this happens to them <laughs> it's like very like <laughs> it's very it's very bad things happening to people the movie he kind of wanted it to be more um there'll be like more to it uh as like kind of like this more like theology like kind of more like a euro horror movie but like that has like this like theology and mythology behind it and stuff like that and so he he wanted to make it bigger and more argento-y rather than just kind of like the movie where it's like a bunch of violence happens and it's kind of fun that's very true (laughs) don't get me wrong a bunch of violence in this happens movies and happens in this movie and it's also kind of fun the movie is pretty gory i would say from what i remember i mean it's it's pretty damn gory dude like it's it's not it's not it's, not gory it's not for the faint of heart god no it's not it's uh, really really not and i it is a type of movie if if you like giallo and you this this kind of falls into like that weird b tier where it's like it's kind of like past like all of the argento and all of the bavas and all of the full cheese and you kind of like land in like the bc tier where you're just like who's so Sovini? like he did cemetery man which is known here as um Delamore and Delamore, or it was known abroad as Delamore, Delamore, known Century Man, other places, whatever. Um, you know, so he's known for that, but he isn't that well known as a director. He had a he had a pretty solid four movie run from eighty seven, in my opinion, ninety four. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The church, it's about an evil church. Yeah, Maybe? it is. <laughs> I'll say this: the premise, the premise, is great on paper. I just don't think it can. I don't think it lands the execution. When you, when you when you take it from the from the demons, um, series, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Because the first yeah. movie is about a haunted theater, about like an evil theater where bad shit happens, and then the second one's about like a haunted art gallery or whatever. Um, and so. <laughs> Why wouldn't the third one be about a church? <laughs> I guess if you're following in the loose trilogy idea, sure, but I know Demons 1 and that's it. Demons 2 is fine. I think it's an art gallery. <laughs> oh, it's a it's an it's a, an apartment building. So similar sure. concept. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not I'm not saying that I won't watch Demons 2 at some point. Oh man. So you talked about what it's about. It's an evil church. Anyone in it that we know besides uh, uh, the Sofia Coppola of uh, horror acting? All right. What? Fuck her. She's still bad in this. You haven't seen Demons 2 where she's the, that's our first role. She's really bad in that. Well, good. She gets better, at least. <laughs> I mean, it can't, be, it can't be worse than the one we watched the other day in terms of her performance. And I like I, that I movie. Think, I think the difference is at least her mother is an actress. How is that supposed to help? Mm. She can watch her, I guess. Sofia Coppola's mother was an actress. It sounds like that didn't help her either. I mean, I feel like you're making less of a case. I'm making enough of a case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, keep, you, you believe that. You keep believing you're making that case, little buddy. Because I want you to believe it too. Ta- Thomas Arna is a guy I recognize. I do not know that name. He he's a that guy. He was an American actor. 
he was in Hunt for Red October. Still around. He's still acting. Yeah, he's, he, you know, a bunch of movies. Just kind of like a bit part guy. He was Lazarus in The Last Temptation of Christ. Remember him? He's that weird looking guy. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of people in this that you no. know. No, it's 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 a foreign movie to be sure. She hated the subtitling too or the dubbing, and I was like, "That's how Italian movies are." And she goes, "This this is the worst." Like, man, if you can't hang with this, this is this is like. Oh yeah. <laughs> there are way worse movies. Oh, to be sure. When and where did you first see this? I had like heard of the church. I feel like I'd seen like one of those like here's a quick summation of the church like on youtube where someone just like kind of just goes over the movie and you're like okay i don't know why i watched that but i first saw it a few months ago for the for the run-up of this um as with another Mm -hmm. movie that we'll talk about later yeah and i i knew the director um michael mccann sorvati because i'd seen cemetery man which is like a very good just off my list like 90s horror movie I don't think it makes my list because it is kind of a com- more of a comedy than it is like a horror movie. And so I was just like, eh, whatever. Rupert Everett can fuck off. But I, I, I you know, I'd also said Stage Fright. I really like Stage Fright. And so I was like, okay, I'll give this a shot. Uh, stage Fright's probably going to be on my list, whatever. And then I just was so like blown away by like <laughs> the ending and like the weird imagery that I was just like, all right, just throw this on the list. See what Ben makes of this. Yeah, I mean, that that is basically what happened. I was like, what, what, what the fuck is this? What, what are you doing here? What, what is, what's happening? What is your favorite scene and or scare or favorite scary scene? Oh, when the big winged fucking demon guy in black comes out for the first time. That is cool. That was cool. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. It's like a gargoyle. I'll say when like, the church yeah, locks yeah. them in, you're like, well, at least we're about to get to the slaughter. And boy, how yeah. do you do you? Uh, the guy in the cellar who kills himself with a jackhammer. That's cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I will give you that. But it's yeah, I, I just I think its problem is that it's you know what we'll get to it when we get to your other one. Why should this be on your list? That's a good. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I I think you need more movies. In uh, personally, I just my list. I was just thinking movies that are like evocative, maybe emptily. You don't know. Like this feels like the type of movie that you go into the movie store, you see the cover, and then you're like, man, this cool fucking cover. And you rent it, and you're like, I don't know what to make of any of that, <laughs> but it was it was cool. It's it's a bizarre. It's a great poster. I'll give it you is that. the most uh, dorm room horror movie poster like you could possibly imagine. Like it is. Oh, for sure. Even the ver- like Italian variant is really cool. Um, it, I just also think it's just like so visually striking. I watched the Blu-ray of it, and it was just so fucking. It was it was beautiful. Maybe that's why, too. Maybe I didn't see it in the best format. Do you watch it on Tubi? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes the commercials in Tubi kind of make foreign stuff a little bit harder. It's true. It'll throw you off as well. Difficulty. Yeah. What would you pair with this? Probably. Mm, That's a very good question. I think I would pair probably the first Beavens with it. Because they're so strikingly different. Okay, interesting. And what would you pair from part one of the 90s, 10 to 6, with this? Oh, God, there's one on here that I really am just like, who do you go with (laughs) on my list? (laughs) Who do you go with? What do you go with over here? I would probably pair it with uh, Audition. Okay. 
Okay. You build up this Mostly long, because they I have, they, have they both they both have really cool sledgehammer moments. <laughs> yes, yes, they both do. That is very true. Should we move on to my number nine? I think yeah, if you're ready. Yeah, I think I'm ready. <laughs> we both got three more to go, so it's you true. have four. It's true. We just gotta we just gotta get through them. Just gotta just gotta get there. And my number nine is a movie that I gotta tell you, I think every year, and I'm sure if we go back and look, we could see if every year it's been, but I feel like I've got to have like a road movie on my list. And my number nine might be the ultimate road horror movie, as it's a little movie that stars Rutger Hauer, C. Thomas Howell, and a very young Jennifer Jason Lee. It is the movie that really did the equivalent of what Jaws did for going in the water and the equivalent of picking up someone on a road as you're driving somewhere. This is, of course, the movie that stars C. Thomas Howell as that young man and the young girl Jennifer Jason Leigh, who he runs into, named Nash, as they deal with Rutger Howard's The Hitcher. <clears throat> How do you like Shitsville? Don't you move. You stay seated right where you are. Or I'll blow your brains through your ass. The guy's empty. Yeah? Yeah? You never checked it, did you? So help me, I'll blow you in half. All right. Squeeze the trigger. I will. Oh, I will. Because you can sure as shit bet I'm going to squeeze mine. doing this to me Cannot find a goddamn copy of this that was worth a goddamn. It's on fucking HBO Max. I, yeah, but it's like cropped. Is it? I mean, it's better than nothing. I mean, it's really. It was really badly cropped. It probably was. I just don't even remember uh, it. So yeah, I started watching it there, and then I was like, "Well, this sucks. Like, I can't watch this. It's like a fucking VHS rip of a of a movie that's shot in widescreen. So like, I just can't." 
can't do it to myself. It's like watching a fucking post stamp of a movie. <laughs> like, I can't do it. And I eventually found an okay rip of it on YouTube. It was at least widescreen. Oh, that's very funny. Fucking pissed, dude. I went through, like, two different... Like, Tubi had it like that, and I was just like, come on, man. It's very, very funny, actually. Anyway, I oh. love the Hitcher. I saw the Hitcher for the first time when I was, like, 12, so... Right. Funny, you're the one asking the question, but sure. I, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm not the one, I don't have to answer anything to you. I'm just saying I like the Hitcher. I know, Take but it. you're, you're answering pick. questions. Good pick. Forgot about it. It is. Thank you. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, the Hitcher, I think I saw, if we're going to get there, and you'll ask me I'm out of order, I probably did see this when I was about 15, and like, there is something about Rutger Hauer with I don't know what it is. I think I think Robert England described it best. He goes, he's just got a big head and he's kind of weird looking, but his charisma is just there. Um, yeah, yeah. Rucker Howard from the moment walks into the movie, you're just like, I uh, would not like to be him right now. The other guy, because boy, that's a menacing man. <laughs> would you rather be C. Thomas Howell? in the hitcher or see thomas howell after he did soul man <laughs> why do you keep bringing up soul man i've never like, seen it i've never seen it keep doing this. it's not good it's really no, misguided. it at least attempts to be like man you really shouldn't have done that <laughs> but like it's still like so weird this was a bad decision um, armano across the board that should have never been uh, I would probably rather be see Thomas Holland this movie oh I don't know you gotta deal with Rucker Howard he looks like he kind of smells he does look like he kind of smells but man uh, the, the the way people react when you're at a party and you're somehow allowed to grab you're somehow allowed to grab the remote and you just turn on the trailer for Soul Man <laughs> People I'm will sorry. not. I'm sorry. Be, have you done will this? not be happy with you. Have you done this? <laughs> yeah, maybe once or twice, <laughs> three times, four times, five times. A lot of people have the Irish goodbye. Tyler's goodbye <laughs> is putting on the Soul Man trailer and then just leaving. <laughs> oh, that's very. Oh, you funny. gotta. You, you, you gotta be there for the moment. You gotta know just to watch their faces. Because <laughs> yeah. if you've never seen the trailer. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know what we're talking about. Stop the, put the trailer in, in the notes. <laughs> pull over. Get, pull out your phone. Go to YouTube.com and type in Soul Man trailer in 1986. Because it just You're keeps getting person. weird. weird. <laughs> it just keeps, it keeps going. But you know, we're not here to attack him for Soul Man. We're here to praise him. See, Thomas Howell is such a good hero in this movie. It's great. He's he's great, and he's playing against Rugger Hauer, a guy who just he looks like he smells like just all the time. He looks like he hasn't slept since he put starred in Blade Runner. Like it's basically like <laughs> he's he's just been awake murdering people on the West Texas highways since 1982. Like you know, you're just like okay, that guy has been doing this for four years, 
and he smells and he smokes and he's just an inconsiderate dick and C. Thomas Howell's like get out and then he's like I'm gonna murder you <laughs> it's true it's very very that's true it. that's the story is he just, he is. just keeps, keeps doing it yeah and man like C. Thomas Howell just has to keep trying to like outmaneuver him it's a fucking cat and mouse game I mean what more do you want it is 100% a cat and mouse game but if the cat was the scariest man you've ever seen, and the mouse was tiny and cute and wore a leather jacket, I think, for some reason. He's adorable. Like, you feel so bad for C. Thomas Howell, because you know it's just like, he just was like, I mean, this this will queer you to ever picking up a Hitcher, ever. Like, I think she came by the room where I was watching this, and she goes, what are you watching? I'm like, the Hitcher. And she goes, I saw that movie. I'm like, I'm like, the Rutger Hauer version? She goes, Who's Rutger Hauer? I'm like, the Hitcher. She goes, no, it's it's Boromir. I'm like, oh, you saw the Sean Bean version. She goes, that movie would never happen to me. I'm like, how so? And she goes, I, I just would never pick someone up. I'm like, good girl. I was like, glad we're both on the same page. That is a bad idea. It is a terrible idea. And I think the most important <laughs> response to that idea is like, I also would not pick up anybody. Two types of people in this world, my friend. Those who pick up hitchhikers and those who like candy corn. It's okay to be one of them. It's not okay to be the other. I I love candy corn, but I also yeah right. Thank you. you And so I don't pick up. I don't pick up the. Yeah. Yep. You're going down the straight and narrow, my friend. That's all I hear. When did you first see this? Like I said, 15 probably. I was running through all the Bravo's 100 scariest movie moments, and this was definitely on there. Yeah, I did that too, but I was like 10 when I did it. Ooh, I'm a prodigy. I'm Tyler. I was watching the Bravo's and excuse me. Oh, no, 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 no. That was not supposed to be a boast. That was supposed to be, um, I have brain worms. My parents weren't supervising me properly. No, they just kind of allowed me to do whatever. That's good. <laughs> oh, it's real good. What is your favorite scene? Have we gone over, we gone over what it's about, right? Yeah, I mean, fucking Rucker Hauer is fucking with C. Thomas Howell on the Texas highways, and he's like, I'm gonna kill a lot of people before I kill you, but just know by the time I get to you, it gonna change you forever. Uh, what's your favorite scene? I mean, I think my favorite scene is, like, the... I think my, honestly, I think my favorite scene is just, like, any time, like, Rucker Hauer is just subtly fucking with him, like... The finger in the fr- in the French fries is so fucking gross, but like you're never sure if it's real. Oh man, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> what if this movie really was like? What if Duel was fucked up? What if you saw the face of evil in Duel and it was Rutger Hauer? <laughs> uh, I think I saw this before the 2007 version. Like I think I wanted to do the two thousand seven version. Seen the theaters, version. It's really bad. That's what I've heard. Um, well, it's in that it's in that same vein as like Amityville Horror and all that bullshit. Where like the color grading is so it's it's lit yep. horribly and mm-hmm. they are like, what if we showed the gore instead of cutting away and making the visceral noise that Jennifer Jason Lee makes when she's pulled apart. The, that's the, an incredible the moment. That's the that's, that's the scariest moment in the movie, probably. That's yes, that's I was gonna say that's my favorite scene and scare because it's the worst and I had nightmares about it when I was actually little. it's a little before that. It's where Rutger Hauer's laying in bed with her. That's so scary. Yeah, it's really it's all rough. <laughs> it is. The whole movie is rough. Um 
yeah, I, the the 2007 version. I we should I shouldn't mention it. It's awful. That's um, a shame. Sean Bean's a really good idea for that movie. I like Sophia Bush, and I like the idea of kind of gender flipping it. Ugh, it's still it's just so bad. Yeah, I can imagine. <sighs> anyway, this movie isn't bad. Um. Apparently, there's supposed to be a 4K coming out soon. I'm down. Um, I'm excited. That sounds oh, good. I'd watch a Blu-ray version of this for sure. I would watch, yeah, because what what exists currently, just the DVD version, is it deserves more. You know what I mean? It just deserves a better. Oh yeah. It deserves an update. What would you pair this with? The Terminator. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of just a simple chase movie. Yeah, you're right. And then what would you pair this with? The part two of the '90s horror decade, Cape Fear. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty solid pairing, I'd say. Yeah, I that's, thought you would like that. It's a pretty solid pairing. Yeah. I think that takes us on to your number eight. And let's uh, let's get some momentum here. Let's try to get one right. And uh, why don't you tell us who your number eight is, <laughs> son of a bitch? But my number eight is what was it? Moving it around. This whole thing's rigged. I quit. Uh, I was not moving it around. No, I accidentally closed it out. I swear to God, I don't I have know, to type it into the thing. Also, there's no plot on Wikipedia for this, so it's a very uh, by the books um, plotting. Just so you know. Um, it's a 1988 Japanese slasher film directed by Toshiharu Ikeda, and it was produced by Japanese Home Video. It is known as Shihiro Noa. It literally means the trap of dead spirits. In English, it's known as Evil Dead Trap. That's right, baby. Tyler's extremely on his bullshit with this one.
Say before we get to the questions, you might need to find clips for certain movies. This being one, I have it downloaded already. Don't you worry. Oh, good. That's good. What is this movie about? <laughs> this movie is about a TV show host named Nami asks reviewers to send in home movies, and she receives a snuff film shot at a nearby factory. She decides to take the camera crew out there to investigate. It's, it's fucking. It's a movie. <laughs> Fucking moron. Sorry. <laughs> stupid. Yes. Um, and then, you stupid uh, little girl. Who do you uh, think you are? <laughs> she finds the factory is deserted. And uh, I don't want to get too far into it because there's just a really beautifully, beautifully done Blu-ray that was put out by Synapse. And it looks great. And people should go and uh, rent it or buy it or download it from Amazon Prime um, and watch this. Because it is maybe not Amazon Prime, but you know, from wherever you you watch movies. Because this is this movie's great. This movie's fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, it is, but also once they get to where the bulk of the movie is going to take place, that movie does not stop. I actually no. enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, it's it's a fucking intense and weird movie. <laughs> and once it gets going. It gets going. Um, I am hopeful. Hopefully, we'll be able to show this to Naomi soon. Um, I know there's one scene that we'll definitely have to like quickly fast forward over. But I am. Which scene is that? There's a assault scene. I'm pretty sure, or one that's close to. Oh assault. yeah, there is. I don't think they show anything, but I do think it's like pretty implied, and it's not great. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. There's also just the most mediocre sex scene in it as well. He, there's there's a there's a lot going on in this movie. It's, it it's real good. So this woman says, "Hey, they sent me a snuff film. Instead of contacting the police, I'm just gonna go and uh, drive out there with my camera crew. And what possibly bad could happen? Which I would have responded to her if I had been, you know, her friend, her significant other, her coworker. I would have said, "Are you out of your fucking mind?" What do you think is going to happen? Someone just sent you a snuff film. Go give that to the police and then go out there while they kick open the fucking doors to the place. You um, psycho. It's, it is one of the dumbest plots imaginable because it's just like, well, what if you got sent a snuff film and then also decided to just go investigate? No. <laughs> Personally. This movie is bananas. And I, I'm going to answer why it's supposed to be on my list. It's because it's bananas. I mean... You're not wrong. It is bananas. It and also kind of yeah. No, I'm not gonna say it. No, go ahead. I was gonna say cut this out, but it, this is just for Ben. It does sort of predate *Malignant*. No, you're not wrong. I thought <laughs> the exact same thing in some ways. There's weirdly another movie on your list that also kind of reminds me of *Malignant*. I think I know which movie that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's only two left. <laughs> so so you know you have a pretty good guess i honestly think this this reminds me a lot of that too in that way no you're not wrong i i wouldn't even say cut that out i think that's very correct um 
Well, I just wanted to cut it out because it's a spoiler. That's true. That's very, very true. And I mean, I'll say it. Some of the most gruesome deaths in a movie I've seen out of your movie so just, far. It's got a bright red on IMDb for violence. <laughs> it's it's so horrendous. Like, but also too the traps that this that the person or persons who are like Whoa, hunting sorry. them set up. What's that? Say that one more time. I said the traps that the person or persons who are hunting them are just like so elaborately great. Yeah, the the movie is <laughs> just it doesn't ever quit. Um and each no, new trap really you're doesn't. like, they can't they can't possibly do better than that. And then they do it and you're like, nah, they can't do it again. They can't do it again, and they do it again. You're like, ah, oh, I can't believe it. It keeps surprising you, I will give it that. When did you first see this? I uh rented this. Because someone at the video store, Movie Madness, uh, like recommended it to me. They're like, "Have you ever heard of Evil Dead Trap?" And I was like, "No." And then they kind of gave me like, they're like, "You should, you should watch Evil Dead Trap." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, like, oh, you haven't heard of this? You should like check it out though. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, a person who loves horror movies is like looking at me like this movie's cuckoo bananas. You should watch it." That's a pretty good. I mean, did you come back to them the next day or whenever you brought it back and went, yes, I get I it now. Went, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to do it right now because it is, it is kind of weird. And then I had like, I were doing something else at the, at the place where they told us to do it. And so I went back like a week later and I, or I went back when I think Naomi was out of town when I rented it. And I, well, I just, I like grabbed it and they're like, you know, Unearth Films put out a, of this a little while ago and i was like oh cool and i went and grabbed that and um i was absolutely fucking bewildered by how strange this movie was um as as you should be it's it's a movie that you don't see coming no no it's it's very similar to some of the like really low rent category uh three films like ebola syndrome and uh the untold story where you're just like they can't possibly continue to do things that'll make me feel gross and want to throw up and then they continue to do it and you're just like i don't know what i thought would happen but it wasn't what is happening i don't like to compare anything to this but it's the closest thing i can think of there's a moment in the show family guy where Brian comes in and they're all sitting around the dinner table and Brian goes, Everyone, I have something very important to tell you. Is this about Meg's cervical cancer? What? <laughs> you, you always fall for that. You can't always fall for that. You, you just can't. Go ahead, Brian. That's just how I feel Evil Dead Trap is. Every time you think, well, they're not going to possibly take another one of these poor sons of bitches down in a horrible <laughs> way. They do. They do. Time. They do somehow. I mean, you're just you're, every time you're just like spectacular. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. And favorite scene and scare. I mean, the ending is it goes so hard when you don't know what's gonna happen. When you it's find just, when you find out, you're just like, you know, I'm not even mad at it. You you, you kind of go like, all right, all right, I wasn't on board. I'm kind of on board now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I think and you know, I think it's because the Japanese don't hold no, back. No, it's it's so bloody, it's so violent, and you're just like, all right, 
all right, you pulled it off. I didn't, I didn't see you pulling it off, but you did. They are truly like fuck your calm. Like yeah, like sorry, we don't, we don't really, we don't really endorse your calm here. Like you're no. gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> no, this is this is the most evil thing we can possibly imagine. Or maybe not most evil thing, but they're just like this is definitely. It really does film feel like the ending of the movie. They're just like, you know, we kind of got to go all the way in, right? They're like, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like it's so gross. It's uh, it, it is. It's wet. It is such a wet movie. And the ending, and the ending of the movie, like does the thing where it's like it's kind of also reminds me of the ring in this sense too where it's like just when you think it's over one more thing transpires and you're like what the fuck yeah that's the thing like at every new thing that happens you think it's leading to something else and then it just rug pulls you at the very end it's it's if you haven't seen it and you're able to track it down please do so if you have the stomach for it obviously maybe go read the trigger warnings on imdb or does the dog die or whatever but I think it's an incredible movie. I mean, does it not have a real Justin Long hands you an envelope at the end of Drag Me to Hell energy in those last couple of moments? It really does. Yeah, it really, really does. Well, I'm going to ask you what you would pair it with. This is weird, but there's going to be two movies I pair it with. The first one is, I think, a movie we've like hinted at or talked about. I don't think it's a great movie. I do think it's an okay pairing. And that is, because it's a very similar kind of story, and that is Sweet Home from the same era. Um, it's the first movie directed by the guy who would do Pulse and Pure. It is very okay. It has a couple of incredible moments, and it's very similar, and I think it would be a pretty okay double feature with this movie. Um, and the movie I'm pairing from the 90s list, and I'm going to sound absolutely insane for doing this, but I pair it with 1999's audition because i want people to be harmed when i show them these two movies <laughs> wait didn't you pair audition with the other thing no i paired misery oh you did misery oh I did, i've done misery and tales from the crypt demon Knight. oh okay i thought you said audition for the other one never mind ah. never mind okay okay I'm sure there you go good. i'm pretty sure Might you said. did too Might you know said. they both have they both have horrible things done to the feed but you are correct actually uh, yeah, I audition, said audition is kind of perfect for this one. I said misery because there's a sledgehammer and someone kills himself with a jackhammer, and they're close yes, enough. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Okay, audition. And finally, why do you think it deserves to be here? I've been around watching horror movies for a very long time, and it was a horror movie that I watched in the preparation for this list that somehow shocked me, confused me, bewildered me, and made made me alone in my apartment with nothing but my dog looking at me go holy shit um and for that it gets at least one gold star for making me being able to feel stuff a guy as jaded as i am that's pretty good i would say yes so it rawed you the way raw did to me yes maybe maybe i wouldn't say it rawed me but you know in some sense it did <laughs> yes it didn't it did it didn't it didn't <laughs> ah, i wasn't i wasn't yeah yes oh. and no <laughs> Yes, and maybe? <laughs> well, let's see. Let's move it on to my number eight. And my number eight might be the one that I feel like if I was pulled up with a jury of my cinematic peers who had seen a bunch of movies the way I had, 
I feel like this is the one I would catch a lot of shit for in terms of like what would be considered a horror movie. But I maintain that there are genuinely terrifying moments in this movie. And it is a movie that is from a filmmaker who up until recently, I just was never all that really big on. But I'll tell you, man, I think this is one of his first movies that made it big. And also, too, is a movie that like probably got him recognized by mainstream American audiences, even at a time, too, where if you put out a movie that was NC-17, you were looking at a death sentence pretty much. And it is the Pedro Almodovar movie starring Vicky Abril, Antonio Banderas, Lolas Leon, Juliet Serrano. And it is from, as I mentioned, Pedro Almodovar. This is 1989's Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. Sal de ahí. Te estaba esperando. Me esperabas a pesar de que te han dicho que he muerto. Sabía que no te morirías sin despedirte de mí. será mejor que me vaya familiarizando con ello. ¿De verdad quieres verlo? Sí. No puedo. Mira mi cuerpo. Está lleno de vida. Pero mi rostro es el de un muerto. Tú solo me ofreces muerte. Y la muerte rara vez da la felicidad. most part like why is this a horror movie but i i would go to bat with you that it is a horror That's movie good. i also think it definitely deserves to be on here because it is i mean it does sort of talk a, it is kind of like a pastiche of horror movies and i think it 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 has a conversation with horror movies especially spanish horror um kind of openly and so i wouldn't be against calling this a horror movie well i think also too it's a movie where the thing that they're making in the movie within the movie is a horror movie and there's literally a line in the middle of the movie where it says feels like it's feeling like more of a love story than a horror movie at this point yeah like they kind of argue that idea that it is a horror movie but love is breaking through yeah and the the cool thing about this movie and i was talking to miami about it is it's just it really it's it's thorny in its like you know 
concepts and i think it it really does a great job of kind of landing it into like why are why are we disgusted when we watch this movie and see where it ends up but we're not disgusted when we watch you know Cary Grant doing a pretty similar situation um with you know it, not violently but you know in a in a very similar like just trying to beat a woman down to eventually falling in love with her um what movie does Cary Grant do this in I, he specifically on all of our apparently pointed to a few movies the, uh, that touch of mink with uh Doris Day I think it's all Doris Day movies uh Pillow Talk <laughs> and Move Over Darling these movies were like these men like she keeps saying like no I don't really want to go out with you and these men just like keep like being like no no <laughs> like we're you're gonna marry me <laughs> nah nah but you do and he's kind of playing with that idea and, and playing like with these very volatile feelings and stuff like that and so it's it's a very interesting movie um I don't think it's pornographic I don't think it deserves to be an anti-17 movie but you know ah <laughs> There are about three scenes that I think would pretty argue heavily against you. For the I, 80s. I mean, in the in eighty nine, I guess. I guess yes. I guess there is there is full on bush in this movie number one, and I say that as nicely as I can. And also, if we're gonna take it even further, that sex scene is pretty hardcore for the eighties. They cut all of that stuff for the original release. They were like trying to cut it down, and the MPAA still gave them an NC-17 just based off content. I mean, it's it's a pretty fucked up story too. Like, you're not wrong. It is a pretty fucked up yeah. story. Like, I I think yeah. it's. Uh, you think it's an R-rated fucked up story I at best? Def- yeah, no, I think it's definitely a hard R at the very least. Because I mean, you see, like, there's Bush and there's 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 ass and titties and. They have a pretty long extended sex scene and there's drug use and they say fuck a bunch. So like, of course it's a hard R, but I, I don't know. I think the eighties were prudish. That's fair. In my opinion, in order to get an NC-17, you have to basically make short bus. (laughs) I don't know short bus, so I feel like this is pretty bad. Um, or, you know, like the idiots by Lars von Trier or, any movie where you're like, okay, there's fucking, there's, there's like pretty graphic sex. There's, there's penetrative movie. sex going on right there. Um, Short Bus was made by the guy who did Hedwig and the Angry Inch. He's, I've heard of this movie. From Portland. And yeah, it's, 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 I don't think there's any unsimulated sex scenes, but it's like wall to wall. It's just about sex. <laughs> Quote, um, what's the name of the mom in Schitt's Creek? That's a very good question. Uh, Is it Catherine something? I think it's Eugene Levy's real life wife. Is that really his real life wife? I think they're married. Am I wrong? Married. Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. Quote Catherine O'Hara from the movie, um, the from the movie Home Alone. Kevin, if Uncle Frank says no, then it must be really bad. This was the '80s, man. Like, you could not fuck around with that stuff. People were people were fucking like losing their minds about stuff and honestly dude like it's pretty relentless at moments i i mean we watched we we i guess i guess evil dead trap probably would have been released nc-17 in america but like i'm pretty sure demon well you know never mind i just real i just remembered the, the whole 
fucking uh, video nasty thing in England. So maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I just think in America oh, yeah. we let violence get away with from like just we just let it bleed into everything, and but we if like it's, really if keep it's sex. If it's sex, it's like no, 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 you can't. Um, correction. <laughs> yeah, uh, Catherine O'Hara is not married to Eugene Levy. They just played husband and wife so much in so many things that I just assumed that they were. He, she is married to Bo Welch. Oh, Bo Welch. I don't know who that is. He is American production art director, film and television director, and occasionally he acts. But well, he has go. been a collaborative production uh, director under Tim Burton and Barry Sonnenfeld. Interesting. Okay. He was nominated for an Academy Award for the very first movie he production designed, which was The Color Purple. Damn, that's impressive. One of the more maligned Steven Spielberg movies in today's world. Not maligned for how it's quality, but maligned for who directed it. Yeah, but I yes. Mean, yeah, like back then, like you sit there and you're like, so was Spike Lee just busy or like? Yeah, actually, he was busy doing his very first movie, which is uh, Girls Gotta Have It. Is that really when he, that movie comes out? It's 85, yeah. That's wild. That is wild. I'm actually in the process of uh, rearranging the DVDs. And I uh, just came across She's Gotta Have It. Have we talked about what Time Me Up, Time Me Down is about? We kind of glossed we have around. Not, we have not really talked about what Time Me Up, Time Me Down is about. So, Antonio Banderas, which I'm going to say it, Apex Hot Antonio Banderas. He's looking very good in this movie. <laughs> and he's a crazy person, too. He is. He's, uh, I'm not going to say he's a crazy person. I think that's, that's being reductive, but he is getting out of an institution <laughs> at the start of this movie. So it's true. Very true. You know, you just know that. And he basically tells his, uh, his doctor in no uncertain terms, uh, I've got someone who I'm going to meet on the outside and, uh, we're going to fall in love. And the other person doesn't know that. That's all I'm going to say. Y- yes. <laughs> the other person, Potentially, could be an unwilling participant. <laughs> it's not just, it's not only, it's not only unwilling, it's just downright, she's like, she's not even aware it's coming. Like, no, I feel, I feel kind of bad for her. And she's also an ex-pornographic uh, actress and uh, a current addicted to uh, heroin. Yes. Or some sort of downer. Yeah. And she's working on a horror movie with a guy who... It's the first real example of Aldemotivar making a character who's supposed to be him. I disagree. You don't think the director's supposed to be no. him? Uh, do you know who that? Who I think that's? You, do you know, have you ever heard of Jess Franco? Jesus Franco? Jesus Franco? I don't, I don't think so. He's a Spanish horror director um, who was directing from probably around the time the. Spanish dictatorship is still going, I think. I own a couple of Jesus Franco's movies. They're always, like, very strange. They're, they're very Euro-horror. Uh, he's kind of an auteur. His, like, but I don't think... I've never really gotten into any of his movies very well. There are people who love Jesus Franco, though. They're, like, he's, he's like, not quite as revered as, like, Fulci and those guys, but, like, kind of in the same realm as, like, Jean Roland and some of those, like, European horror, just, like, pure vibes films. Um, 
that were not made in uh, Italy at the time period. And so I think I think that's who it's supposed to be. It's just like this older filmmaker where you're just like, man, you should probably put it up. He makes him a little older than I think Jesus Franco would have been at the time. But I, th- the movie is like 100% a Jesus Franco movie in the movie interesting i mean it's it's a very weird horror character like she's very specific so i imagine you know what you speak of yeah and i mean jesus franco like also directed like he was the first person to make hardcore porn in spain when it was legalized after the end of the yeah he was he was the first guy to, to do um pornography in spain and he you know did a lot of horror movies uh, just let me just pick one at random. Oh, I, I actually own this one. He has a 1976 movie called Jack the Ripper. Um, the one that I own is a movie called The Duke of... What is it? It's like The Duke of Notre Dame? And he plays he plays a murderer in it. It's a very weird movie. Sounds like a very weird movie. Uh, what made his movie so distinct, I guess, is my question. Oh, man, they're, like, gory and violent, and they have, like, this, like, air of eroticism in all of them. They're, like, all dream logic-y. Like, things kind of don't make sense, and there's a lot of voyeurism. Interesting, okay. And he made... What makes him so distinct is he made, I think, somewhere in the ballpark of, like, 200 horror movies. <laughs> Holy God, that's a lot. Um, Maybe not all of them are horror movies, just, like, 200 movies. Uh, he like if you look at his filmography, you're like, man, he made like seven in a year. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's... even by that standard, something good had to eke out of at least one of those, right? You would you would think there are people who who are Jesus Franco like fucking nut jobs who just think that's you know, not, not not nut jobs, but that's like what they would know him for. Like he allegedly has 206 credits on IMDb. Of just directing. That's amazing. And yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure there's some of them that have been great. The ones that I've seen are okay. I saw Bloody Moon, yeah. which was a fucking insane movie. Um, I own The Sadist of Notre Dame. I keep meaning to watch it and I keep falling asleep. He's, you know, I'm sure there's people who are like, yes, this movie is great. Like this movie is like his best movie. What I've seen, I like, and I want to know more. But there's so much that it's it's really hard to to concentrate on anything that he's done. You know That's what I mean? I feel about certain certain genres of things that people are into. I'm just like I'm like, how am I supposed to like watch all of this seriously? How do I get into this? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I will say he made a movie called Vampiris Lesbos, which you should watch just because it's a good name. It is. It is a good name. I'll give you that. And let's see what's next question. Oh, no, I'm asking the questions, Doc. When did you first see this? In the run up to this, uh, doing this, like I had always heard of this movie, and I'll say it. Thank God there's one movie where he gets to be as horny as he wants to be. It's weird how his career hotness is bookended by two Alamanovar movies, where it's this one and his most recent one. He's like an old guy in a pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, uh, but I mean, like, Banderas and him are really good together. 
They're really good. Banderas is, 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 he's on fire in this movie. It's oh, like, like one of those things where it's like, if it was, if it was just a random European actor, this movie doesn't work because it's, it's, you need, you need someone as otherworldly attractive as, as fucking Banderas is. Well, and it's a dark movie too. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's a moment in this movie where like, like, and I'll say this too, like it's his most well told movie from what I've seen so far. Like, there's a moment in this movie where Banderas's character rips a woman off for drugs because the woman he's keeping hostage is addicted to stuff and she needs something for the pain. And he ties her up and goes out and gets it. And he robs this one woman. Like, about 40 minutes later in the movie, he needs to go out and get her more stuff. And he accidentally runs across the woman he robbed. It's not like he hurts this woman. He kind of just grabs the, like, the junk and runs. But this woman like comes up and says, hey, do you remember me? And he's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And he takes off running. Her and her two cronies catch up to him and beat the absolute fuck out of Antonio Banderas, number one. But the weird, the more like disturbing part of it is like Banderas is like laying in the street and like the two of them are like, OK, we got the money. Let's go. And she goes, no, he robbed me. That's my money. And she's like and he's like, he goes, no, we need something We we helped you beat him up. He goes, OK, well, you can like have his jacket or you can fuck him is what I'm pretty sure she says. And you're like, that is dark. Like, when would, where would that take place? And the guy's like, no, I'll take his boots instead. And she goes, fair enough. And then they just toss his ass in the street. But you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, why was that the option? <laughs> yeah, the movie has like many moments where you're just like, am I missing something culturally here or is <laughs> Or is just Omaldivar just kind of going uh, off the map? I don't think he is. I think in the Latin culture, like, it's it feels like with Latin culture, it's more of a, like, we don't talk about it kind of thing. A little bit, yeah. And I, and I, he all, is yeah. great at talking about it. He is. He is. Like his and it's also, a thing, it's also a thing, too, where it feels like in the Latin culture, if you are the person putting it in as the person having it put in you, it's not gay. Hey, man, it's, it's only gay if you enjoy it. Thank you, Tyler. I, I don't know how to respond to that. Listen. I really don't. Listen. Sonic says it's only gay if you enjoy it. How did Sonic say that? He said it right now. I got him in the other room. You want to talk to him? No, I don't. I think that's... What do you think I say about? drugs are no good. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but sure. I... <laughs> you gotta work for because yeah. I'm, I'm being the, tr- the train track is beginning to get a little, a little weird. You best um, get back on. You best get back on the track. Uh, so I would like to ask you, what's your favorite scene and what's your favorite scare? I mean, my favorite scare is when he breaks into the apartment. That's that's yeah. fucking terrifying. Like he's so intense. And I think my favorite scene is where like someone's knocking on the door and they're just sitting there and he's calmly eating ribs. And or chicken wings, maybe it's one of the two. And then he just fucking like hears it and grabs her. Like, I, it's just it's the relationship that those two build. It's weird to say it's almost the exact opposite of the relationship in The Hitcher, where it's like by the end of that movie, you're like, what the fuck is this going on here? But you feel better about it than the relationship in The Hitcher. Yeah, I agree. And also, I would like to ask you. Um, you said this is you said this is a horror movie. I agree yeah. with you. It's a horror movie. Yeah. Um, but some other people might not agree with you that it's a horror movie. And where can they stuff it? 
Where can they stuff what? Is that the question? Oh, I guess that's not the question, but why why should this movie be on your list? It should be on my list because I think like there are genuine moments of terror, and I think it's an interesting, like you said, examination of what Spanish horror is. Yes. I yes yeah I I think it's a it's a pastiche of the Euro horror genre in some ways. Yeah, it really is, and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's very unnerving. What do you pair this with? Black Snake Moan. All right. <laughs> okay. Been, been waiting a week to do that joke. All right, we're going outside now. <laughs> um, Who are we? <laughs> from the best of the horror decade part two what do you pair this with so this is 89 right yes so i'm gonna start them off with tie me up tie me down and i'm gonna end with perfect blue <sighs> boy that's a rough night at the office <laughs> yeah but they're gonna be like you know that movie ended in kind of an upward down i'm like just wait click <laughs> That would be a bad, that's a bad, that's a bad feeling. Yeah, it's a bad day in Ooh. Bosnia right there. Ooh. We gotta get on to your number seven, I think. Yes, my number seven is a body horror movie directed by Brian Yuzna. You've never heard of Brian Yuzna. That is because you are not like me. <laughs> you, your brain is not broken. I heard Brian Yuzna because he produced and helped write a bunch of movies with Stuart Gordon. And he also directed a movie called Return of the Living Dead Part 3, which is a, I've never watched that. It's a really weird movie. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about this movie, which stars Billy Warnock, Devin Vasquez, Evan Richards, Ben Meyerson, and follows a Beverly Hills teenager who begins to suspect that his wealthy parents are part of a, a gruesome cult for the social elite. Ben? That's not something that's real. That's so, that's way beyond fiction. And also, also, the effects, Screaming Mad George, who you, who you know I love, and I've, I've, I've talked about before. This is, of course, 1989 film, Society. Mom? Oh, Billy, how sweet of you to come here to me. Dalton, Billy, now's the time. <laughs> well, son, I guess you're right. I am a butthead. <laughs> hey, 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 Bill. You know, we're living in a society. <laughs> You're gross, first of all, is, is the first thing I want to say to you about this movie. 
And there's there's a moment in uh, I mean, I'm going to paraphrase it. There's a moment in the movie Man on the Moon where they're sitting across from each other, Danny DeVito and Jim Carrey's characters. And he says to him, you're insane. And there's kind of a brief pause. He goes, she also might be brilliant. It's kind of how I feel about this. You're gross, but you also might be brilliant. This movie is so fucking fun. <laughs> it keeps rationing up the like kid trying to find like out the, the truth so well and so slowly that by the end, you're just like, man, I'm, I'm with Bill. But like every time he does something like they just like get rid of the evidence and it's so funny and i just kind of wish they kept finding more ways to do it (laughs) well the best thing about it too is is what you're saying is that they never until a point ever let you fully get the words in your head oh bill's totally right these people are nuts yeah like there's moments where you're like bill might be making it up where you're just like, maybe this is sort of like a, like a Bill is... Oh, Bill, you, you so crazy. <laughs> yeah, where you just like... <laughs> where you're just like, maybe he is kind of losing it. Because there's like a turn towards the end where you're just like, is it really going to be anything? And then, and then it does become everything. And you say this is done by Screaming Mad George? Yes. And if I remember correctly, he did the third Children of the Corn movie. Yes, sir. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now looking back at that movie. He also did Big Trouble in Little China, which we didn't talk about when we did. Did he Big really? Trouble in China. Yes. That makes a lot of sense, too. Yes. Uh, um, next um, Halloween, I might need to have you do a Screaming George double feature. Oh, baby, you don't want that, but I will do it. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to make it easier. It's a screaming mad, a screaming mad George double feature, but one of them has to be Children of the Corn Part Three. Okay, I can do that. Because Urban Harvest rules. Urban Harvest fucking rules, man. So, when did you first see this movie, and what is it about? Ah, uh, I had seen this movie years and years and years and years and years and years ago on a little channel called Monsters TV which we'll talk about i had i only saw like a little bit of it because i had heard so many like whispers like, oh man this one is so fucked up it's called silence oh man it's, it's, oh, it's so gross it's so and i was like okay i'll watch it and it was so fucking boring and i was like 14 and i was like this movie sucks and i turned it off i didn't get to the end and then this year, again, Movie Madness was doing another showing, and I was like, I'll go to this. I've wanted to see this for a while, and I go, and it is, it was, I was like, this, I was like, oh, it's not boring. It's actually really fun. And then it got to the ending, and I was like, oh, people are right. People have been right the whole time. It's so gross. It is so gross, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Ugh. No, not for me. Not for me. Oh, man. I mean, just like, that's the thing, too, is we can't really talk about what the ending is because it's literally like a 70 minute build up for like 15 minute payoff. But when you get to that 15 minutes, it just is relentless. It is. Once it gets to the the whole kabang, 
it becomes one of the grossest movies to watch. Like, it's just so hard oh, to, yeah. to watch this. And it's a movie that's just really horny and really gross. And so, of course, I love it. You do love horny movies, don't you? What can I say? I guess yes or no to confirm that answer. What can I say? Anyone in this we should know? Not really. There's, I mean, Billy Warlock is apparently somebody, but like everybody else is kind of like uh, nobodies. Um, Billy Warlock was in uh, Days of Our Lives in General Hospital. Um, he was also on Baywatch, Halloween 2, <laughs> for a couple seconds. I think he gets killed in it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, there's no one else really in it. The only person that is of any note is probably Brian Musna who was a genre regular at that time, who he was a think and effects guy and then became like a producer and then executive producer and then eventually started uh, directing himself. Um, most known for being the guy who produced like Reanimator and From Beyond. and um, He was one of the producers on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Which it was originally going to be a Scott Gordon movie. Uh, Stuart Gordon, not Scott Gordon, Stuart Gordon. Um, who is a horror director, uh, one of the great horror directors, who directed Reanimator, a movie I'm surprised made it onto nobody's list for this. I watched Reanimator, but I just I think it's just a little rough. You gotta watch From Beyond. Watch that last night. That movie fucking is in, that movie's insane. You know that is one of my friend Polly's favorite movies from work. He talks about From Beyond. From Beyond rules. Uh. Is that on your list? No. It should have been. Yeah. Had I seen it before this, it probably would have made yeah. it, but it, whatever. Well, there you go. Watch it. Watch <laughs> it when we're done with this list. You can kind of have a time for your moment for your own. And what is your favorite scene in this movie? My favorite scene is, well, I mean, if we're not going to go with the shunting scene, it's probably the car accident. He like kind of stumbles up, and the cops like, "What the fuck are you doing here? Like, why, why are you taking stuff from the scene?" I don't know. I think that's great. That whole setup is fun. Or the scene where he finds that car, and then when they go back, the car is like all decayed, and you're just kind of like, "Wow, all right." It is very, very bizarre how much they make you believe he might be going nuts. And I mean, I think favorite scare has to be the last fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, screaming at George, he had a lot of wet puppets, and he decided to use all the puppets. He did. I mean, when you first hear the tape of the parents talking to the daughter, you're just like, what the fuck is this? Like, exactly. what is going on here? What is going on here? Yeah. Because she came into the room, and she's like, are the parents going to fuck the daughter? I said, I don't think so, because I think that would be too straightforward for where <laughs> this movie's going. And a couple of hours later, I was like, I was right! <laughs> The correct answer is no, but a secret, weirder third thing. Yes, exactly. And let's see. Why does this deserve to be on your list? Oh, because it's great. And I think it still resonates really like, like, come on. <laughs> it's a movie about a powerful elite that like abuse children. Yeah. <laughs> Ten best makeup effects of the 80s. Wow, easy. All of them yeah. come from this movie. I mean, the thing is in the eighties. I mean, the, you got the thing. You got this movie. You also got like from Beyond. I think has some really 
gross effects. Trolls has some really cool effects. There's a lot of good effects in the 80s. A lot of good puppet and gore effects. In the a lot 80s. of good puppet and gore effects. This movie, I, absolutely top 10. Maybe even top 5. Maybe even top 3. For this budget, look at the budget they had. It's, a, it's an okay budget. I think it's like 1 or 2 million. I mean, he uses every di- I'll say that too. Every dime of it's on screen. It Yeah. It looks incredible. And what would you pair this with? I would pair this with a movie called Terror Vision. Hmm. Or From Beyond. Is that all? Or okay. maybe Reanimator. Somewhere in there. Somewhere one of like a goofier kind of movie that's a little less serious. I'm I'm a little surprised with you, dude. There, I I thought there was a real obvious pairing here. Really? Oh yeah. Go with it. Sit, sit, hit, hit me with it. I'm, not, I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm not thinking straight. Spotlight. <laughs> Rare that you get me like this, but you got I know. me. You got me. I was I sitting there too. I was I was just slowly doing the Han Solo pulling the gun out under the table, being like, I'm gonna light this some bitch up just a couple more seconds. Cacao. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know what's coming though. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. He doesn't even know. It's and funny. what would you pair from the '90s, Part One? All right. So this was this was gonna be a big brain, but <laughs> I pair Shallow Grave with it. I get right, it. Hear me out. I, I get it. No, I get it. I get it. No, I get it. Um, but go on. But explain it to explain it to the plebs. There's two reasons. One, I don't really think Shallow Grave is gonna pair very well with anything else coming up, and two. They kind of thematically cross over a little bit, kind of about how like the rich people are kind of fuckers and shitty and and bad for friends and all that. Yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that. Okay, shallow grave. So we're going on to my number seven, and my number seven I think would have made it onto Tyler's list had I not had it on there, but he moved some stuff around, so we got to put more of this. Stuff like that. Guys, you would have never gotten to know about the church had I not put this movie on here. So, <laughs> hooray for me. I think hooray it's more of me la- being so selfless. Go with more Lady Terminator. and, and No, it's the church. I want to believe Lady Terminator would have made it on no matter what. <laughs> Frankly speaking, and I don't want to speak out of school here, I don't think it's high enough on your list. And the movie I'm talking about, of course, is a movie that my girlfriend, who wanted to watch it forever, sat down, watched it with me, turned to me and said, I wasn't really as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I said, well, you didn't see it like at a much earlier age or like when it first came out, because this movie was fucking terrifying. And this is the movie that stars Tom Tolles and Michael Rooker as Henry and Otis. It is, of course, one of the most graphic and terrifying movies of its time, maybe if not of ever. It is Michael Rooker as Henry, portrait of a serial killer. If you shoot somebody in the head with a 45 every time you kill somebody... It becomes like your fingerprints, see? But if you strangle one and stab another, and when you cut up, when you don't, then the police don't know what to do. They think you're four different people. What they really like, what makes their job so much easier, a pattern. What they call a modus operandi. That's Latin. Bet you didn't know any Latin, did you? Big fucking deal. What? Nothing. It's like a trail of shit, Otis. It's like the blood droppings, my dear, you shot. 
and all they got to do is follow those droppings, and uh, pretty soon they're going to find their deer. Why do we use a gun? You can use a gun. I'm not saying you can't use a gun. Just don't use the same gun twice. Why don't you get your brother a beer? Ugh. Otis is so fucking disgusting. He gets grosser and grosser. Somehow. The 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 more you watch it, his his character is somehow the the grosser one. It's like, how am I rooting for Henry? It's yeah, no, they were talking about that because I watched the commentary with the director and the producer, and because I'd seen this movie, I've seen this movie multiple times. This is another movie that got an X rating when it came out in the late eighties. Um, so it thematically uh, uh, teams up with your number eight movie. This movie, however, uh. Not unlike a movie I think will make one of our lists in the next decade, is one of those movies when the first time you watch it, you're just like, I, you know, I don't feel good, and I kind of just want to go. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want to, I just want to go take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, oh, it's all cartoons tonight. But there's a moment in Aqua Teen Hunger Force where Shake just keeps lighting Meatwad's dolls on fire. So Frylock gets him a Happy Time Harry doll, which is just this sad, divorced dad doll that can talk. <laughs> and like at one point, Shake goes, OK, I'm going to light you on fire. And the doll goes, OK, man, let me help you out. And he just dumps gasoline on himself. And Shake goes, I think I need to go pray. Like just walks away. Like that's how it feels with this movie. It's like, oh, God, I just sat here for two hours and. I think I need to go pray. I don't think I could. Well, I don't know if I could. I, don't, I mean, man, imagining watching this in a theater. I kind of want to. I I kind of don't. <laughs> I mean, I do and I don't. I um, don't want to watch it with like like a rented out version. I want to see it with people who paid to come see it. Yeah, that's the thing. Because the other like-minded psychopaths like that. You know, I went and paid money to go see Pink Flamingos in, in theaters recently. And so, you know. <laughs> Okay. I can't talk. <laughs> okay, you nut. And I've also paid to see movies that are, I know are bad in, in theaters. So, like I said, well, can't really. What do you mean really... by bad? What do you mean by bad? Oh, like, like bad in the, like, I know that they're offensive or I know that they're, you know, edgy or I know that they're violent and over the top and all that. I think this movie, I don't know. This movie just makes you feel unclean. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, and part of it is it's so low budget. Um, it feels real. It feels real, real. And the shoot with the camera, using the camera to actually film the stuff, is what makes it feel real. It's because they borrowed that camera from Sony. Really? Yeah, they borrowed it, and they needed to destroy it, and they're like, "Well, we can't." Well, they no, they bought. They had one bought. And apparently what the producer was saying is like, that was like literally like a 10th of their budget <laughs> was like Jesus buying that Christ. one camera. And they're like, well, we have to sell it back so we can't destroy it. Like we have to like be able to sell this camera afterwards. So they went to Sony and they were like, we are in a, we are a movie production crew and we need, we need to destroy 
this camera, but we don't want to like actually break it because we need to use it. You have anything that we can use. And they gave them a single replica camera that was not, that had like none of the parts in it. And so they broke that and they only had one shot to shoot it essentially. <laughs> so they was like, we got to get God it. let this work. We don't have the yeah. money. Somebody's um, going to break my legs if we don't give them back the real camera. I think that is the story you need to know behind this. That and the fact that the movie was filmed and finished in 1985 and sat on a shelf because no one wanted to release it. <laughs> I mean, it really is the don't. It really is the last house on the left of like the 80s. Yeah, and I think it it is sort of investigating not quite the same themes as Last House on the Left, but it's investigating the mythos of the serial killer. And I think it was the first movie to really do that. To really get into the like true crime. I mean, there there's been there had been true crime movies before, obviously. Like there's a dozen Jack the Ripper movies, but mm-hmm. I think this is the first one to really look at it in the same way that like in a decade CSI would be looking at the mind of a serial killer like the 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 like actual modus operandi like what makes this person tick and we know now that none of it is true like it's all kind of gobbledygook from a man who was being paid in cigarettes and coffee to tell them to tell cops whatever they wanted and so we kind of we've we've learned that but this movie is still just like it makes you just it just makes you just feel bad about life. And this is Henry Lee Lucas, right? Yes. Henry Lucas and Otis Toole were real people. Henry Lee Lucas confessed to over 600 murders, which, due to a variety of different evidence, we just know <laughs> that like it's not true. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no way he could have killed that many people. No um, chance. Yeah, just like there's just things that he confesses to that just don't make sense. Um, and like he would have to be in like two places at the same time in order for them to work out. And so, but we know for a fact that he has, he has committed 11 murders and we know for a fact that Otis Tool also committed around six. Um, the most infamous one is Otis Tool is probably the murderer of Adam Walsh. Um, who is John Walsh's son and is one of the reasons for the like surveillance state we have over children is this like very famous case of Adam Walsh. It was made to a TV movie called Adam because of it. John Walsh became the host of America's Most Wanted and in pursuit with John Walsh that John Walsh um, used his son's murder as a springboard into Hollywood. It's a bad case all around, and I don't like talking about true crime stuff because we're not a true crime podcast. We're a movie podcast, and rarely, hopefully never from this point forward, shall the two meet. But this movie's yeah. great. I would say if you want to feel really bad, there's a whole there's a whole podcast series that you can probably find and listen to all about this guy. But we're not here for that. No. Uh, I recommend last podcast on the left. That would be the one I would recommend. I did listen to their episodes recently, so, you know. On Hen- on Henry Lee Lucas? Yes, yes. As a refresher for before I watched the movie. Yeah. And, man, I'll tell you, dude, like, I think the reason this movie, like I said, it's it feels real, but also, like, the brutality in it is just, like, believable. 
yeah, because it's it's not like Evil Dead Trap or you know the church or those movies where like they have like really graphic and gross and violent stuff the 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 violence in this movie is slow and sad and not cathartic it's really hard to watch well the first like seven kills you don't even see you see the aftermath of them you just see you just see like boxes and like people in them and like body parts and yeah that makes it it makes it worse because the violence is imagined very true oh man you got you got some questions for me though i do when was the first time you saw this probably like mid 2000s probably like maybe like 2004 to 2008 uh yes Yes. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of one of those movies. Like, if you're into horror, it's like a rite of passage movie. I know we always like I, I I've always been like this is the first time I've I I watched this, but I remember vividly like when Shutter launched. This is one of the movies on there, and I made like a beeline for it. I was like, yeah, no, gotta watch Henry, and I yeah, yeah, bad time all around. What's your favorite scene or and your favorite scare? I think my favorite scene is honestly the scene where like he talks to Becky and he talks about his mother and why he did what he did. Favorite scare is the, is them watching the videotape of them doing that home invasion. Oh my God. When they're like, let's watch it again. And it's just like, Oh, it's just two bros just hanging out, drinking beer and watching a movie. And not even what, not even like, not even let's watch it again. Otis literally stops it and starts to rewind it. And Henry goes, what are you doing? He goes, I want to watch it again. He goes, why? And he goes, the greatest thing I've ever seen. And you're just like, that is so fucking dark. It's so, it's bleak, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking bleak movie. Um, that's also the same for both of those. Uh, I will say the one thing I learned about that scene is that the dialogue is almost entirely, um, was almost entirely, uh, improvised because there wasn't, like, there was a script, but the, like, it wasn't, like, they were allowed to kind of do whatever. And Michael Rooker and Tracy Arnold and Tom Tolles were like, they built their characters because they're like all of these like Chicago theater people. And so that scene was apparently mostly improvised and they just like went back and forth. I think we know why it should be on the list because this is a movie, I'm just going to say, that just scars you. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> um, you get this movie in the right moment or the right time, it will fuck with you. I There's an interesting thing with horror where it feels like for a period of time where you're just like, I need to see more and more fucked up shit yeah and then this is i'm not gonna say it's to the back but this is when you start to get into like real like you hit this and you're like i'm into the real deep shit now i'm starting to head out into the water that is definitely part of it isn't it i can no longer see land what would you pair this with i know what i pair it with go ahead give me something uh you got you pair it with uh taking a trip so you go pet some puppies it's a good pairing it's a very good pairing <laughs> you you watch fucking like fido goes west or whatever after this. yeah <laughs> fucking snow dogs or something just something cute watch the puppy channel for an hour and a half felt a little better then i realized all those puppies would probably die one day some horribly and i was like oh back to it my last question is from our 90s list what do you pair it with I mean, honestly, Henry gives, I think the clip you guys will hear if I can find it, Henry gives a 
great description of like, look, you just don't do it the same way every time and you won't get caught. A guy who didn't listen to that and tried to theme his murders was John Doe. So I would pair it with seven from 1995. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. I had two choices there. It was that or it was Raising Kane. But I was like, seven just makes a little more sense. I think there's a movie on your list that might pair better with Raising Kane. Interesting. I'm going to have to look when I look at the, the list from uh, next week. I'm having a big brain moment over here. That's, that's good for you, buddy. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you take that big brain and you lead us to your number five? 1985. It is a movie I have talked about before. Directed by Umberto Bava. It is produced by Dario Argento. It stars Bono Barini and Natasha Hovari. And it, the plot follows two female university students who, along with a number of random people, are given complimentary tickets to a mysterious movie screening where they soon find themselves trapped in a theater with a horde of ravenous demons. That is, of course, demons. Or as it's known in Italy, Demoni. Can I have another one? It's for a friend of mine. She's waiting for me. Uh, thank you. Uh, are you dressed like this for the promotion of the film? is just gonna go blow her stack again. She'd scream at us even if we were early. Ah, oh, look what I was given. Hey, doesn't the movie have a title? No, maybe it's a sneak preview. You know, they show a brand new movie in a theater just to see the reaction of the public. Where is the Metropole? I've never heard of it. Me neither. Maybe it's new. What do you say we go and forget about Miss Buckholz? <laughs> Sometimes you really worry me, Cheryl. You're leading us astray. It's just an idea. Hey, Tyler. Oh, no. Hey, what do you think Bobby Rode's job is in the movie? Oh, no. Who's Bobby Rode? He plays Tony. <laughs> He's the pimp. Okay, just checking. <laughs> just, just wanted to make you say it. His name is Tony the Pimp. It just says Tony here. The guy in the mask at the beginning of the movie would be the guy that directs the church. That is a piece of trivia I've had in my head for almost two hours now. Now it's out. Or I wish the church was as good as his little performance here. He's fucking great. He's he's fun. He's a lot of fun. And he looks weird. What do you uh, think that is about? I, because it's kind of like the mask, right? Yeah, right? I don't know. I don't know. I, like, I don't know anything about this movie. This movie doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, this movie makes all the sense in the world. Obviously, whatever the film is, is connected to that mask, because that mask is real. And obviously, like, this this film is like, it's how you raise hell, essentially. Yeah. This movie was weirdly on Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie moments. It was. 
I'm assuming is how you saw it. I had seen it and wanted to rewatch it, and so I rented there's a Demons One and Demons Two 4K release from uh, Movie Madness, and I popped this on, and I was like, man, this movie looks so much better than I remember, and it it's fucking incredible it's glorious in 4k it's so it's, much it's blood. a fun movie it's a fun movie um that's the reason i i needed to end my list with something fun so that's kind of how demons ended up here i mean that's that's why it works it works because of just like <clears throat> how outrageously violent it becomes and just like i'll say this this is like unlike the church it's a simple premise, but when this goes, it kicks off and you can actually like, I think it, I think it pays off what it's telling you. Once it starts and you have that scene where it's the woman who's being murdered into the back of the projection. Holy screen, God. And it's like, what's happening? Like it's, it's out. It's shit. It's like actually in the theater and then she pops through it. That's an incredible moment. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, this movie's on my list. I don't know. It's just a matter of where it fucking falls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a matter of whether or not you can top that moment um yeah. and i also just love the soundtrack because it's just a bunch of like shitty 80s glam metal it's incredible it's really good like do you think this is a response to the evil dead movies in the way of the transformation and stuff yeah i'd say like it's heavily inspired by the at the very least the first evil dead movie yeah, if not the second one, too. I think the second one... I don't know if the second one was out by the time they were making this. Let's see. No, it wouldn't have been. No, because it was 87. But, um... I know Lumberto Bava's... Oh, God. I know that Lumberto Bava's father worked on a movie that became part of the Evil Dead Italian franchise. <laughs> um, I know Mario Bava worked on, like, I want to say Shock. I could be wrong. But I know that there was a movie that becomes, like, look, I think Evil Dead becomes, it's not Evil Dead, it's, like, La Casa 2. I think. <laughs> La Casa 2. I think maybe Lamberto works on a movie that becomes, uh, like, La Casa 3 or 4. I could be wrong. This could all just be, this could all just be me being completely wrong, but I know that there's like a long legacy of like weird evil dead movies in, in Italy. And I think I've talked about them before. I think you have. So what is this movie about? Uh, it's screening for a horror movie. And during the screening, a uh, real horror movie takes place. So you're like, you're in a movie watching a movie. And in that movie theater, people are dying. It is one of those things where and you know the thing is too this is the thing that normally a lot of people would skip on the movie they're watching actually looks pretty good yeah it looks all right yeah as long as you don't wear a demon mask before you walk in that's the other thing too that's the one thing about this movie that i appreciate this movie tells you don't fucking touch things that aren't yours that's the only reason this happens if that little chippy hadn't put that mask on and cut her face none of this happens it i mean yeah like <laughs> I agree. Well, I think it would have happened. I don't think it would have looked the same way. I don't know. I think that I think that movie's evil. So you think just because the movie plays, it goes evil? Kind of, yeah. Maybe. Interesting. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I, I, the movie's just a great vibe all around. Okay, and now I have, before we get to the rest of the questions, I have another special question for you. 
how old do you think Bettina uh, Campioni is is uh, as Nina in this movie? Uh, I'm not sure who you're talking about. She plays the blonde-haired girl punk. Ah, uh, I gotta assume from the picture I'm looking at, like 20s. Do you know how old she is? No, that's what troubles me is because she looks incredibly young. Yeah. There's not a lot of information on her. I mean, I'll say this. One of the first things that comes up is how old was she? Because she looks 14 is what this person writes. (laughs) It was made in Germany, so knows the rules on nudity. But she really does look too young to be seeing her naked boobs in the movie. Um, if we can only use math to answer this real question, make it more useless. Let's see. If only IMDb had a birth date, which I agree with. Um, yeah, it says here 19 double question marks, so that's it. That's no help. doesn't look like we're going to get the answer to that. But yeah, it's weird how they smash two movies together. It's fun. It, it is fun. It is definitely fun. I will give you that. And what is your favorite scene? There's a scene like a demon falls from the second balcony and lands on some shrapnel next to a person. Oh. And oh, I think God, they like yes. get up and it or they, they like they like fall close and they bleed on them. It's 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 the only part of the movie where I like had to look away and just like he was like oh oh no oh no indeed and what about your favorite scare is that also it um I no because I think the, the when she, when uh, the woman who puts on the mask goes to the bathroom and like starts turning into the first demon, that's a pretty solid scare. And I think the the scare where it's it's her going through the the back of the the film screen is also really good. Creepy. I mean, for me, it's it's that scene where the flesh is being torn. That's just the where I mean we're meat, you know. Yeah, the we are meat. And why should it be on your list? I mean, I think demons deserve the place in a, in the in the um in the horror canon. Yeah, don't you? I mean, I I think it's I think like I said, unlike the church movie, which doesn't work for me. Once this hits the premise of what it's doing, it does not stop, and it's really really good. Yeah, I think it I think it really goes for it. In a way, that's a lot of fun. And I guess the last questions are, what would you pair it with and what would you pair it with from the 90s list? Oh, very simple. Very easy. I pair it with Cine Paradiso. No. Um... <laughs> no, if you already said it, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> Probably. I think I said the church earlier, so you could go with that. Yeah, okay. I think I got to go with Death by Temptation. That's good. That's a really that good, good one, actually. Comparing, right? I think so, too. Stand in my night, baby. Taking my hat off. Lying down. Yeah, you can you can take it easy for this next one. <laughs> oh, I got to tell you, you got some, you got one weird ass movie you're going to have to work on to something next week. 
yeah. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I shouldn't hide anymore, and I should probably introduce my number six so we can finish this bad boy up. And my number six comes from 1986, and it is a movie about a group of friends, nine college students staying on a friend's remote island, mansion, and they all begin to fall victim to unseen murders. It is, of course, the movie directed by Fred Walton, written by Danilo Bach, and stars a bunch of people you don't know of, including Tom Wilson, who is, uh, as you guys would know, the nemesis in the Back to the Future movies, Biff. This is the 1986 movie, April Fool's Day. Hey, I'm really not that interested in <laughs> Come on, man, just one more. Double or nothing. Enough's enough. Whoa, what, what, are you scared? Hey, I said give it a rest. I'll get him. I'll get him. Where is he? Hi. What you looking for? <laughs> we got him. <laughs> yeah, did we nail him? Ha, ha, ha. April Fool's. Very funny. What the hell is wrong with you guys? Somebody could have gotten very hurt out there. Oh, at least we don't go in for the shoelaces untied crap. I fucking knew that was Tom Wilson. Fucking knew it. You had never seen this, right? I hadn't. And you went in blind, right? I went in blind. I didn't know anything about it. What did you think? I was like, okay, so we're doing like an Agatha Christie thing here? And we're doing like an, and then there was none, and then... I was kind of flabbergasted by by the turn it took at the very end. Like, um, what do you what do you think? I respect it. I don't know. I don't think it's it lands. Good, right? It's good. It, it's good in that. Like, I'm not sure if I went back to each scene if the twist ending holds up under scrutiny. However, I respect how fucking ballsy a play that is. It's such an insane idea. Then I'm just like, okay, that's kind of cool. But when she throws open those double doors, oh my like, god, it's like you're just like, oh fuck you. I was confused. I was like, is she hallucinating? Like, did she is she concussed? Like, where are they going with this? And then the it, name like, of the movie says it all. Yeah, you're like, oh, you fucking like I could if you were like someone that worked hard and took gave the gave the movie theater your hard-earned five dollars to go see this i might riot like a little bit <laughs> with that ending like <laughs> you know what i mean like i i might have been very mad or i you know might like right now be like that's a that's a fucking choice see, I, mean, I, feel like, I feel like for me when like a, the bunch of you angry the bunch of you angry helens are coming out to protest the end of this movie i would go up to the person at the cashier's box i'd be like hey Nothing's going to happen to you, okay? Because I got your back on this one. Because that fucking works. And I would just break a bottle and go, first one of you that tries to get your money back is wrong. Let me just tell you right now. Y'all just go on about your way. That movie made sense. The twist is fucking incredible. Like, it's I a, think it's, I think if you don't know it, it still works today. It's a, it's a nutso twist. It really is. It's and a, I mean, it's also, a, too, it's kind of ahead of its time. Kind it of, is. Kind of like called escape rooms before escape rooms. <laughs> It did like and like extreme haunts and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. Guys, if you haven't seen it, it's it's available. Go, go just go watch it. You know, it's worth it's watching. Not. It's not on Paramount. 
Paramount Plus, fucking liars. <laughs> liars. Nothing's yeah. on Paramount Plus. I feel like anytime it's on Paramount Plus, I'm like, we'll see about that. That's not true. Ben's new favorite trash reality show is on there. I'm going to give you three guesses. It's a competition show. Competition show. Great British Bake Off, but it's not about baking. It's about getting see who can get the highest the quickest. No, not great British uh, getting um, baked off. Okay. Um. Uh, Fortune Five. Nope. One more guess. Damn it! Fuck. That's always that. Oh, I was this going to wipe out two extreme wipeout. Nope. It's Ink Master. Wow, Ink Master. Loving faster. We're in the middle of the season right now. I'm just like, damn, why do I like this so much? And I think it's because I just like the art. Um, I'm gonna go through some quick questions. Um, is right anybody ahead. is anybody in it? I mean, like, yeah. What's his name? Who plays Who plays uh Biff in the Back to the Future movies? Tom oh. Wilson, and he's fucking great in it too. He's great. I feel like everybody in this is like a like either a future TV actor or is already a TV actor at the time. I feel like Griffin O'Neill is somebody of importance. And he's in Ghoulies uh, 3. Movie you've seen, I'm sure. He's in The Wraith, a movie I was I that I was seriously considering putting on this this list. Of course you were. I mean, what's her name? Uh, Deborah Foreman is someone who kind of goes on to do a couple of things. I don't know. They all have good energy, though. And honestly, too, this is a movie that I feel like because it's kind of got lost to time is aching to be remade with like a just like a killer, like cast of like young people. Or even just like get a bunch of people from the CW. You could have fun with this. You could. Honestly, this reminds me of uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah, that's (laughs) I might be what I pair with. That's what you should pair with. Yeah, you know what? Done. (laughs) And if I'm going to answer you this, I first saw it about seven years ago, and I remember just being like, holy shit. I showed this to her recently, like when we were doing the rewatch, and she she was sitting there, and she was like, I don't know if I like this. And then when that twist hit, she's like, okay. She goes, I see why you like this movie now. It, Yeah. (laughs) Plus, it gives me the excuse to play Mama told Told Me Not to Come at the end of the credits here. Yeah, uh, yeah, good, good soundtrack. Again, for a, a movie with, like, zero money in its budget. I'm pretty sure you told me that you first saw this, like, years ago, because you were trying to get me to watch this for a while. I was, and I'm glad you, nothing got ruined for you with it, because I feel it's a movie that you need to protect. I, you told me to watch it, you told me not to look anything up, and I was like, whatever, alright, cool, sounds great, and I just was like, you know what, I watch it eventually. <laughs> Yeah. I will get to it. And, and now I, you have. And I did. And I did. Yeah. We're finally there. We can stop the show. Oh, she's in she's in Waxwork. Okay. Who's she? Oh, she was also in Valley Girl. Uh, Deborah Foreman. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She's a scream queen. She's got a great fucking poster, too. Oh, she's in Grizzly, too? All right. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Goddamn. I don't want this poster. Grizzly 2 The Revenge was a movie that I was seriously considering, like, watching really quickly and putting on last year's list. Of course you were. Because it was a movie that was shot in 1983 that never was finished. And they finally finished it. They pieced it together and put it out really quickly. And it has, like, <laughs> it has, like, a bunch of people who were, like, no names at the time. Like, George Clooney's in it. And Laura Dern has a bit part. And so is Charlie Sheen. And, That's amazing. Uh, 
Jonathan Reese Davies is in it. And so you have like all these like weird it's the thin red line of bad horror movies. Basically, yeah. And you just have like all these like people in it from from back then and then it finally <laughs> they finally were just like fucking put some interstitials on it, whatever, and just threw it out to make some money. Where did you first see this? Oh, we talked about it. Like I said, like probably seven years ago, if I had to guess. What's your favorite scene and what's your favorite scare? I mean, my favorite scene is the is the twist. Like it's just incredible. But favorite scare Honestly, just any time that they're like being fucking locked in a room or like shit's just going wrong because there's pranks set up, I'm just like, damn, that's good. It's it is good. It's 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 an interesting idea for a horror movie, especially one that is produced by a producer on Friday the Thirteenth. So you kind of think you're getting another like, you, you kind of think you're getting like another one of like another movie set in that type of like it's a number day thing like you know um what's your favorite scare maybe the maybe just like the last just kind of the chase sequence where like muffy's trying to get in the house like that Mm. that is legitimately kind of freaky that's pretty fun um what would you Oh, no, actually, I don't know if we've really nailed down on this, but why does this deserve to be on the list? We've talked about it on most of them, but it deserves to be on the list because there is just this innate charisma to this movie that if you have not seen this movie, and again, guys, I'm trying to say nothing about the ending because that's kind of the key to it. Just go watch it uninhibited. And you'll have a good time. And also, too, it's not so scary that someone who's not a, someone who doesn't like horror movies couldn't watch this comfortably. I think it's a really good horror movie for people who don't like horror movies. Like spooky, but not scary. Yeah. What would you pair this with? The game. Ah, damn it. I thought I was being a genius by being like, you should pair it with the game. Um, <laughs> It just kind of came to me out of nowhere, so you might have psychically sent it to me. Might have psychic link. What movie from our list do you pair this with? Well, I'm a very lucky boy because I have two abilities to get rid of Scream, so it's going to be the first Scream, which was yours. Well, sorry, I picked the second half. You could have easily could have easily had two Screams to play with. Fuck off, man! All right, yeah, all right, it's going to be Scream. That's right, because our last last year, our nineties, our num- both of our number ones was Scream. Yours was like number four. Oh, really? Yeah. Weird. All right. I don't know why I wouldn't have just put it number one since yours was number one. Because yours was the Blair Witch Project. Ah, I think we just we just talked about it on number one, so I think I just went back to back. Yeah, I think we did too. Well, that leaves us down to it. We each have five movies left from the nineties, which I'm going to send you right now, and. Man, that leaves us at the halfway point, and next week it's five to one. And I got to tell you guys, I'm looking at Tyler's list, and of the movies he had me watch for this go round, I had seen one, <laughs> and I thought it was more honestly when I started counting there, but it wasn't. For his for his next list, I have seen one. Technically, two, no, three. I've seen three of um, I've seen three of your five. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i gotta tell you i've seen parts of one of them but i don't remember a lot of it but i'm very excited and i think i'm i think i'm I'm overestimating where that one might or underestimating where it might fall on your list but 
I mean, for next week, Tyler, there, there's going to be some real shit, I feel like. Yeah. I think next week, I think this was my weird half. I think I've, I, I loaded the bottom with weird movies, and I think the top, there's still some weirdness in there, specifically one of them. Actually, two of them. No, three of them. There's some weirdness in there, but I don't, I think they're a little bit more mainstream. Not a lot more mainstream, but like a little bit more mainstream. And for me, guys, I'll say this. It's like going to a Rolling Stones concert past the 90s. You're basically going to get to watch me play the hits next week. I will say, I think there's like three movies on your list that would have been on mine on your top five. There you go. Well, that's yeah. my compliments. Yeah. One, I was just like not even going to throw it on my list. Just going to make it like just going <laughs> to know that it's on there. Like, it's set in stone. I know that there's no way that both of us would, wouldn't pick that. One, I forgot to pick. But if I had picked, it would have been number one. And another one that would have been very high up. Well, guys, you can, of course, follow us for all of this horror and spookifying action at TWGTFPod on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at ET Critic for the Empty Theater Critic. Tyler, is there anywhere that can follow you? Follow me into um, a trap, which may or may not be evil and may or may not be dead. Stupid reporter. I think she knows it's better. Not, it's not fun. It's not great. No, it's really not. And for TWGTF Two White Guys Talking Film, I've of course been your host, Ben. And I'm Jenny Whitney. And remember, guys, if you come to our little video box around the way and you see a bunch of people kind of like attaching their faces to a bunch of like what appear to be kids and kind of like down on their luck youth well that's society for you and it's pretty terrible if you have any edible fantasies you'd like to indulge in billy now's the time talking 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 talking
Well, let's just take a look and... Fuck! Okay. Off to a bad start. <laughs> okay. Didn't didn't get the first one. It's cool. I got four more opportunities. Four it's more opportunities. all good. To quote Jack, he has to close me out. So... <laughs> Famous last words too. Famous last words. Yes. What if we tie? Do we just do we just both do it? I've I've got a booking for that. Don't worry. Double or nothing. <laughs> oh oh you you trust me trust me trust me you're you're gonna love it. <laughs>